Hello and welcome to the Arizona Liberty Podcast. I'm your host, Neil in Arizona. Today is Sunday, January 28th, 2024. It's about 7.45 p.m. And I have a special guest on today. She's running for state legislator here in Arizona, and her name is Barbie Engel. She and her husband, Ken Taylor, live in Apache Junction. They have been together for over 20 years, and they married in 2007. They love warm weather, working on healthcare access and patient advocacy efforts. Boy, I can't get that one out. Traveling the state to talk to patients and caregivers to find out the needs of Arizonans. Barbie has lived in Arizona since 2003. Due to chronic and rare medical conditions, Barbie and Ken do not have children of their own. They do have seven nephews and one niece. She received a Bachelor of Science in Social Psychology from George Mason University. You know, I have a friend that graduated from there. Um, she went on to open her cheerleading and dance training company immediately after graduation in 1994, and Washington State University hired her as their first spirit program coach. I'd like to hear about that, too. At WSU, she leads her dance team to the top 10 and her cheer team into the top five in the country. She developed a rare chronic pain condition. I'll let her say that to us. Algoneurodystrophy. Um, there you go. Algoneurodystrophy. Perfect. Oh, I said it. <laughs> Don't tell me to say it again. In September 2002 and was disabled due to these symptoms. She began infusion therapy in December of 2009, which she continues to receive three to five times a year for pain management. Barbie Engel, thank you so much for coming on today. Neil, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. And I'm here with my husband. Yes, we have her husband also, Ken Taylor, and I am not throwing any lines at you. This is I am interviewing Barbie and Ken. Yes, all right. We love to use that. It's a great icebreaker. It gets people to remember us and helps us make a difference out in the community. Yeah, and um, I, I even asked Ken on the side before. I was like, is it okay to say Barbie and Ken? Or are we trying to avoid this? Or? Just don't <laughs> no. say Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't say that. Okay, I promise not to say that. That's easy. I can get through that one. Well, we, we all kind of know each other. You uh, you came to our precinct, uh, I don't know, must have been a little over a year ago, maybe? Almost two years ago. Almost two years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and back when I met you, Barbie, you had explained, uh, well, I didn't realize you had done as much as you've done. We're going to talk about that here uh, very soon, about all the different things that you've been up to. Um, but one of the things that caught me was you said you had helped write bills yes. in Congress. And we'll probably talk about that in a little bit, but... I mean, that's a good place. That That's just a good thing to throw out there from the beginning here is that you've actually helped write bills in Congress yes. um, here at Arizona, not up at the, uh, I don't know, maybe you've contributed to something <laughs> up at the top. I, I have uh, not just here in Arizona, but 36 other states and uh, as well as federal. And then I also testified at the Department of Defense to get veterans infusion therapy. Infusion therapy. Wow. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a lot about that. Um, as a matter of fact, um, is that... Is that kind of um, really the your main um, kind of focus right now? Is this pain therapy uh, the is that is that kind of what drives you at the moment more than anything? Well, it got me from wheelchair to walking. Wow! So you used to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, for about seven years, I was bed bound, wheelchair bound, and I was able to use this infusion therapy to get up and and get active and do things. I still have challenges uh, physically. Uh, people look at me and you can't tell. Yeah, you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people um, might wonder, but with, with the disease algal neurodystrophy, it affects you 
um, it affects your reflexes. So everything in my body that's reflexive, yeah, it's automatic. Right. It goes haywire. So swallowing, um, my stomach digestion, even the ability to cry with actual tears. Wow. Is is changed. And then sympathetic is my nervous system. It feels like someone put lighter fluid in my veins and caught me on fire. And dystrophy is loss of muscle and bone. And when I was able to start therapy, the infusion yeah. therapy in 2009, that's what got me up and walking again. So what what is infusion therapy? Like, what, what does that entail? For me, it's a little different for each person. Okay. So for me, it's two days of infusions, uh, four hours each day. And they basically put me to sleep with a medication called ketamine, which is an anesthetic. Okay. And then they also give me four other medications in that process that help uh, block any side effects of the ketamine. And I sleep for two days and then I don't really remember for two days much of what's gone wow. on. I can answer questions. It's yeah. a true serum. It tell, you'll say whatever's on your mind, you will say it. Yeah. And um, so if you don't want to know the answer, don't ask me. <laughs> and, yeah. and, um, and so about three to five times a year, I, I go in for two days and, and undergo those infusions and they keep me up and, and working and active. Wow. So three to five times a year you do this. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know what to say to any of that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know. Like, do, is there, do they know how it gets started? Do they know where it comes from? The, the disease? The disease. Yeah. So, uh, they are finding that it's in our blood kind of similar to Lyme disease. Like people okay. that got bit by ticks. Yeah. Um, one of the common denominators that I've found is, uh, Women who have it also have endometriosis, which I went through endometriosis first. Right. Um, but also our parents, um, a lot of times our fathers were in Vietnam and, ex and got exposure to Agent uh -huh. Orange. Okay. And so um, they, my older brother, he's totally healthy, nothing wrong. He's right. actually a, a um, board of supervisors in Virginia. Okay. Um, my, um, my sister, her, she's adopted. Her father was in Vietnam. My father was in Vietnam. Um, after they they had my older brother yeah. and um, my myself and my younger brother both have the same rare disease and my sister has other autoimmune challenges. Wow! And do you think that's probably it? Sound like look at it just sounds kind of Vietnam related. It, it, it's it it is very much so as well as um, people coming back from um, Desert Storm and okay. the first and second uh, yeah. Gulf Wars. Um, Fifty four percent of them were developing this disease. Um, they were injured. Okay. Not, not everybody, but yes. if you're injured, it triggers it to attack your body. So it's dormant in your body, in your blood, mm -hmm. and then you have this injury, and it triggers it to start attacking your body. That's really interesting because it, it makes me remember when I joined the Army in 92. Uh, it was like right after the Gulf War, and the soldiers all came home. Um, I was a paper pusher when I was in. So um, I was at my desk one day, and they had me do a packet, like what they, what they call a discharge packet or, or discharge request packet. It was a medical issue, and it was a young guy, you know, who had been, and they were, I think, I don't even think they were using the term yet, but it was like called Gulf War Syndrome or something it's, like that. It's, it's similar to Gulf War Syndrome. Is that different? It's, Is that? It's, a, it's a, technically it's classified as a different disease. The, okay. There's the name of this disease has changed over 20 times since the Civil War, but that's when oh, it first okay. started. The Civil War is when it first was um, documented. Wow. With our soldiers in the Civil War. Okay. And, um, and, the name has changed 20 times. So probably back in the, um, six, the seventies, eighties, nineties, it yeah. was called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. Okay. And now it, they are calling it algo neurodystrophy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This, this guy, I mean, it was a similar deal. He told me you won't see it, 
but he suffers like lethargic like he like he's lethargic he he was like he's actually a really good soldier i was like surprised to see him getting out he looked like a guy you'd see you know do 20 plus but yeah kind of a sad deal and you know the military is just <laughs> it's it's loaded with all kinds of weird stuff like that so um to lighten it up a little bit though you you have been you and ken both uh you've been married over 20 years you have both been in lo- involved in a lot of different stuff like you've been involved in the entertainment industry for one thing like can we hear a little bit about that <laughs> about what you and what what you've been involved in well i have done uh ken and i have done a reality yeah. show on tlc called extreme time cheaters and um yeah not, not cheaters as in like cheat on your husband or wife yeah che- cheaters as in save time and the reason why I got involved in the show was to raise awareness. And, and, but I've also been on like Dr. Drew and talk and, um, uh, brainstormers on the weather channel. And I've been in the media over 2000 times. Yeah. At this I, point. <laughs> you've, you've got like this, um, uh, we on, did the newlywed game. Wow. <laughs> That's just, I, I was talking, of course we were talking, Ken and I were talking on the side for a bit. He had mentioned you had been on a few different shows. Yes quite a few shows and then we also did a digital reality show called the ken and barbie show and that was up we were in the um uh, final five i I forget the the right word but the final five for reality television uh awards and so the ken and barbie show was that you you said that was just independent yeah it was well we actually had show sponsors we did nine seasons okay and (laughs) is it available can can people watch it yeah it's on ken and okay yeah i'm actually on that site right now You can see it there. And, and so um, we, we did nine seasons of, of the Ken and Barbie show. And yeah, it, it was a fun time. We would uh, pre-script things, not necessarily what we we're exactly going to say, but yeah. we choose all the topics before we went live and kind of, kind of build it into uh, an episode. And we did um, nine seasons of eight shows and it was a lot of fun. Well, yeah. Um, so some of the some of it, uh, some of the shows you've been on is called The Doctors, mm-hmm. uh, The Talk. Yes. Um, I, I'm not. I don't follow media very well. Okay. So. Red Book is a magazine. Okay, uh, yep. My first for women. Um, another magazine, Women's Day magazine. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Women's Day I've before. Been on the cover of Pain Pathways magazine. They're now out of business. And then Ken and I actually uh, created our own magazine called I Pain Living magazine. Oh, okay. That's your magazine. That's okay. our magazine. And then I also published nine books and I've written, um, uh, well, I've started three books. One's done, but I don't have it published yet. Another, uh, my second children's book. And okay. Um, so that's your book. Okay. Those are all my books on, on the website. You'll see on the right hand side, um, of my media page, you'll see my nine books. And then you also see, um, all, uh, some of the shows that I've done. And then it like lists back, I think it goes back to 2009. Yeah, there, so this when, is all, yeah. 2007, um, uh, all my media. So when you click on it, it comes up. And the first few years, I did a, a few pieces. And then, you know, some of them were newscasts. I wanted to get medication. Our insurance companies will do something. Yeah. This is why I got into legislation. Our insurance companies will do things like you have to fail first on a medication before you can take the medication that your doctor prescribed. Right. I helped work on laws here in Arizona that got passed to... Uh, stop that they call it fail first or step therapy okay and that's the type of bills that i worked on but then i actually a couple of years ago wrote two bills and then both of those got passed in the law and then last year i wrote four bills and uh, we have a new governor now so those did not um go anywhere yet 
but yeah. hopefully if I if I am your next LD7 state representative, I can move forward part with of, some of those health bills. Yeah, so this that's what was okay, so when I met you, this I guess this kind of uh shows your character a little bit. So when I met you, you had said, "Look, you know, I've I've been involved in bill writing." Oh, I'm like, "Okay, well, hey, that's good. I mean, we need people like that. We need people You didn't tell me that you'd ever been on Dr. Drew. You, yeah. you, you didn't you didn't tell me you didn't tell me about um you know, that you had been on some reality TV shows or anything like that, or I'm finding all this stuff out now and I've known you for two years now, I think, which is kind of cool. It's, you don't run around and brag about everything. And, and that, that's, I think that's a lot that says a lot about your character. Um, now, since we're talking about some of the bills that you helped write and stuff. So I, I wanted to look um, on your site and you've got a few sites. I'll just say the sites and we can go over them again, but you have, uh, I guess would be your main one, right? Barbie com. Yes. That's, um, that's my political one. So, yeah, your campaign site? Yes, my it's, campaign site. Thank you. So it's B-A-R-B-Y-I-N-G-L-E dot com. And there's a little uh, bar, you know, the typical navigation bar you can press and it'll just take you to wherever you need. And you have um, all the all the subjects, the about, um, signing the petition, that's very important. Um, and then and then, and then then I wanted to hear about that too when we get a moment to tell us about your adventure today because you're, you're, you're not... You're not out contracting people to go get you signatures. No, you, you I didn't offer. You, someone, someone said, I'll pay, uh, you can pay us $5 per signature. I was like, no, I'm going to go meet people. Yeah, that's when it was really funny because we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. Um, but really wanted to go over the, uh, these issues real quick. So, okay. so these are your issues, right? That you, you have, you have healthcare, yes. integrity and transparency, yes. law and order, economic state infrastructure, diversity, and education. And uh, I guess we could just go down the line a little bit. Sure. So um, here's what you've got listed, um, that you support getting proper and timely care for all in need, especially Arizonans living in, with rare and chronic diseases. And that would include access to care, treatment options, individualized care, cannabis, uh, COVID-19, uh, coronavirus, uh, and uh, and. Yeah, and then you've oh, and then you've got listed uh, environment ethics, patient privacy. The, a lot of the, I guess a lot of the stuff you'd see in maybe paperwork, um, yeah. and you could you you could tell us more about that. But then you you go down into uh, chronic and rare disease, access to care, prevention, education, ethics, and I I ha and when it comes to this, uh, access to care yes. is one thing that um that is actually starting to concern me now. Um, and then you've got other ones listed. You've got um, uh, stopping poor insurance practices. Uh, such step therapy, um, prior authorization. Mm -hmm. That that'll be interesting. I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, addiction. Yes. Uh, combating addiction challenges, which would include even including gaming and gambling, substances like e-cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, and uh, prevention, education, advocacy. I, I'm getting long-winded on you. I apologize <laughs> for that, uh, Barbie. Okay. But but that's your that's your, like your healthcare overview. Yeah, and that's my biggest area because then that's where I am an expert. I I am a um, certified patient leader and I have had to find out the hard way how to navigate our health system, which was designed very poorly. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on ways to fix our healthcare system. That is my biggest area, but I have other, other areas that I am passionate about as well. Yeah. What, one thing that I notice, um, in politics, uh, like, uh, you know, if, you know, if you're watching, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's watching cable news anymore these days. Like <laughs> we were talking also Ken earlier, like, <laughs> I, I haven't looked at Fox News for. I'll, I'll watch an occasional. Uh, is it clip or something? What is that guy? The the cool, the dark haired guy that you mentioned. 
Jesse Waters. Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Waters. Yeah. Jesse Waters. That's <laughs> him and Gutfeld, right? Those, those. I, I'll always click on if somebody sends a link. I'll always click on those guys. But for the most part, I hear this like rhetoric about about healthcare, and I, I always hear healthcare is a right, and and so they, they that's such a blanket statement. Healthcare is a right, and uh, I hear uh, access to healthcare and health. Yeah, it, it's there's a difference between healthcare is a right yeah. and access to healthcare. Right. So healthcare is a right. Mm-hmm. If you injure yourself and you have an acute situation going on, right. that, that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about people who live with chronic diseases, mental, physical, spiritual. They're not right. talking about helping you. They're talking about you break your arm, you have the right to go to the hospital right. and get care. Mm-hmm. And so, but with, with the illegals coming in, they are filling our right. hospitals and taking up our resources in healthcare so that we're not getting the care that we're paying insurance for yes, and, and paying into the system for if you're on, on Medicare or you, you know, you're uh, over 50 or over 65 yes. and retired, you're, you're getting your own resources taken away. And right now with the way that the system is working, illegals are even going into our VA systems. And That's taking, right. I heard that the other day. Well, I, we saw it firsthand with my father-in-law here in Arizona Mm-hmm. He's passed away, but he was going to the VA here in Mesa and his, his appointments kept getting pushed back. He was going through throat cancer. His appointments kept getting pushed back and he finally went in in person and he saw that the the waiting room was filled with people that were illegal. He he said, what is happening? How, why are you pushing my appointments back? And, and they wouldn't say publicly, um, but basically you could look at the waiting room and yeah, see that the they evidence. were treating, the evidence was right there. Yeah. They were treating people who were here illegally over our own country's veterans who have sacrificed their freedoms, their liberties, yeah. so that we could have freedom and liberty. We should be honoring them and that's giving true. them their health care and respect. But that's what's going to happen. It's going to keep draining the system, and we're going to be facing major challenges with getting any kind of care. Yeah, so that, okay, that makes sense. And it's, it's obviously making ours go up in price. Um, they just did it's January, right? And over where I work, I had to get the new healthcare plan. And so I'm dumping, I, I, I've never done this before, but I'm actually elected to get a, a health savings account yep. to store away cash, store away cash so that when the high deductible kicks in, I'll have enough money in the account. So I got to make sure I don't get hit by a car until like maybe nine months from now. Right. <laughs> so you know what I mean? <laughs> until you've paid enough into well, I, to the deductible, yeah, right? Exactly. And I, I meet the deductible uh, in January every year just because yeah. my, my, I do have chronic health challenges. And that's, that's what I was going to say. Now, you're in a different situation yes. than I'm in. I mean, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm... I, it's it, tough for everybody. When they went to the high deductible plans, part of that was because we are having so many people drain our healthcare system right. that they had to do these high deductible plans because it gets you to not necessarily have the treatment that you need. Right. So if you, if you need a surgery mm-hmm. and, and it's pre-scheduled, it's not an emergency type of situation. Like you need a bladder surgery. Right. The bladder surgery is $30,000. You have to pay your 10 or 20%. So you have to give them, you know, $6,000, $12,000 before yeah. they will even let you in to have surgery. But if you're illegal, you can go right into the hospital and, get that procedure done. Makes me want to go south the border, get citizenship, sneak in. <laughs> Never mind. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's still America is still the best country in the world. So, yeah. So let's not go doing anything. I, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being a brat. Is what, um, but okay. So that and at work, um, as we're filling out these forms, we've got coworkers I work with and everybody's trying to talk to each other about filling out the plan because it's all automated online. So we're all sitting together in our terminals trying to choose the best plan. And there's always the one or two people in the crowd that will say, well, you know what? If the government would just manage this whole thing, we oh, would no, no, no. Because up in Canada, they're doing that. Or over in Scandinavia, they're doing that. You know, they, yeah. they, say, they just say arbitrary stuff. That, yep. That, Ken and I run the International Pain Foundation, which yes. is international. Yeah. And we talk to people from countries all over the world. Yeah. And we have friends in, in Canada. And uh, one of them is going through cancer and he also has algonerodystrophy, just like I do. Uh-huh. We had met through that, but he is months behind in his cancer treatments, getting any kind of care. Wow. Um, it, it has been like multiple years where right. they, they'll go in and lesion something off instead of actually giving him uh, radiation or chemotherapy Ooh. because he's just on a wait list to get those other access uh, treatments. That's uh, that's that's devastating, and and we're on that path. And if yeah. we had socialized medicine, that's what it would be like for us. We would not be, we would all be given care that's acute, like yeah, you know, you, the paperwork would say you have care. The paperwork would say you have care, but when you actually go to, you have an issue, a challenge that's that's chronic or long term, mm-hmm. getting care to get treated or being born with a rare disease, yeah, developing a, a rare disease. You know, right. as a teenager or, or young 20 person, 20 year old, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the care for that long term disease, which which without that prevention, without that early access to care. Right. You're not going to live your life to the fullest that you could have. Right. And I, I we we tend as humans, we tend to look at the world through our own frames and that's just how we are. And so, you know, a person like me who doesn't get hurt a lot, I. I, I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow, though. I might have a might chronic disease. Car. Yeah, or get hit by a car. But, like, really, I could, I might get hit with a chronic disease, right? And so it's easy for me now to sit there and go, well, you know. But I do worry when somebody does have a chronic disease because I know that the treatment is going to be insane in cost. And so I do wonder all the time, how do you take care of people that have a chronic disease like, like, how would you go about to do that? How would everybody be able to benefit in some way without having to go broke? Well, I think having the uh, patient-provider relationship restored uh-huh. is really important. Right okay. now, we have a lot of legislation that steps in between the patient and the provider. For instance, we passed yeah. a few years ago, we passed a bill saying we could have medical marijuana, which is an important treatment for the people who need that treatment. Okay. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, you have it right there on yes. the, the cannabis tree. Yes, and so I've I've never done any form of marijuana. Right. Um. Even CBD. It's just not for me. Yep. I've never touched either. But other people swear by it, and it gives them more life. They yes. should have access to it. Uh, I've had legislators say to me, "Well, I'm not going to give you this other treatment because I did cannabis last year, and if if you have cannabis, why do you need anything else? As if all of us are the same. We don't need laws that make right. us the same." We need laws that make it individual. What do you need? Yeah. And if we stop giving people the the full treatment and gave them what they needed yeah. for their treatment, they could get individualized care. It would cost everybody oh, less. Okay. So so a, a person might not need uh, MRI, a CAT scan, and an X-ray. 
Okay, but, that's but what full treatment becomes, is. That's the full treatment. A doctor, a, a doctor might say, "Oh, I'm scared this person's going to sue me because of the way the laws are set up." Yeah. So they give you everything, and you didn't need all of that. Oh, is that why they do it that way? A lot of times they're afraid of being sued. So, and because of the way that the laws are set up and the system is set up, they they go to that, or they give you nothing and say, "Sorry, I don't offer that treatment option." When they may offer that treatment option, or if they could give that to you, um, they they would be willing to give it to you, but they're just not even willing to wow. do that treatment anymore because they are afraid of what is going to happen to them in their practice and their livelihood. Now that they've spent $200,000 to become a doctor, they don't want that taken away. So yeah. they, so they go beyond what the law says so that they protect their own butts. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to be in business tomorrow afternoon, you're going to probably gonna, do that. Exactly. So let's make it less regulated, Government-wise, yeah. let's have our medical boards and people who study medicine make those decisions. Let's have private conversations between the patient and the provider to decide what's best for that patient in front of them yeah. instead of giving everybody everything or everybody nothing. Yeah. How, how does it, how do you know, I mean, maybe you don't know, I, do you know how it got so convoluted like that? Like you, you're mentioning it, the importance of the patient care. How, well, maybe I'm answering my question because they're afraid of getting sued. They're afraid of getting sued, but it also goes down to morals. What what you want yeah. in, in your health care. It goes like even alcoholism. Back in the 1920s, mm -hmm. one legislator came forward and said, you know, someone in their family had alcoholism. Right. They wanted to end alcoholism, so they did prohibition. Oh, and right, right, made right. these laws. And then what did it do? It made speakeasies and, <laughs> right. and, and you know, all, all of these things that, that came up and, and convoluted everything where like we have that now with back, back to Ronald Nancy Reagan. Right. You know, uh, don't, don't take drugs. What, what is it? Just say no. Just say no. Just say no. Uh, yeah. The like, car, the car brain. pulled up in our school that time. Right. <laughs> um, and they did, this is your brain on drugs and they would yeah. an egg. Remember the uh. commercials. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what it did is it brought it more underground. Prices went up. It, it made getting any type of treatment harder for the people who have a chronic disease and need, yeah. need a specific treatment. And uh, it, it, that prohibition really just made it harder. But it was based on somebody's morals of drugs are bad. Well, illegal drugs are bad. You, we shouldn't be doing sure. illegal drugs. But medications are good. And you can take the same medication like fentanyl and carfentanil. Yeah. So fentanyl is given in every hospital in the United States. Right. But when you hear the news... <laughs> Yeah, it says fentanyl is coming over the border and killing people, and it's yeah. actually car fentanyl that's coming over the border. It's 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 um, yeah, they're 100 not to or six sorry six hundred to ten thousand times more potent than the fentanyl that is medical grade that's protected by laboratory investigations and FDA and, yeah. and all of that. So so but they're making this whole market for people based on the word fentanyl when really it's right. car fentanyl and the fentanyl that's medical grade can still be used safely and they're making people think all fentanyl is bad. Right. Instead of saying, Hey, and it's driving the price up and it's driving the, the access to care down. Yeah. I can see that now. Yeah. Cause when I hear them say, uh, like uh, I think of Sean Hannity, <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. I think that's because I started getting like on, on news feeds and stuff. I started getting clippings of Sean Hannity going, but what about fentanyl? What about fentanyl? And I'm going, okay, there's more to this fentanyl thing. There's much more to this fentanyl thing. Yeah, because like um, 
when when you have like I don't even like cocaine, right? Or or like just any name a drug that there's there's a basic element of that drug that probably the Is pharmaceutical beneficial. companies are going to use. Yes, to they, they actually Emory, Emory University. I was needing a, a um, an eye test. Yeah, uh, for my nerves in my eye, and Emory University said that they could put cocaine in my eye. And um, tell me where the breakdown in the nerve is by using cocaine. Okay. So there's a use for cocaine. Yeah. Like cocaine wasn't just like, ooh, let's make something fun. Yeah. What, what is the basic element of cocaine? I forget. It, it's uh, coca. Well, there, there's like a, a scientific terminology. Oh. Like, like the uh, the doc isn't gonna say, "Hey, I'm gonna prescribe you some coke here, buddy." Like, <laughs> like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna tell you the scientific. I don't know what it is. And yeah, I don't know. The, but, the Emory told me that they were gonna put cocaine in my eye, and I turned it down. Yeah. I was like, do I really need this? Do I really need to know where the nerve is broken down? What can yeah. you do to fix the nerve if it is broke down? And they said, there's nothing we can do. We can just tell right. you where it, the breakdown is. And I said, okay, well, then I don't need cocaine in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Cheech and Chong song. <laughs> cocaine in my eye. <laughs> cocaine in my eye. So, so it's, it's, but there is a medical purpose yeah. for these things that come up. And then somebody has a moral disagreement or yeah. somebody in their family OD'd, which is right. a challenge. There is a, addiction is a real thing. And yeah. there is actually genetics that can show if somebody has a propensity to, to yeah. develop addiction. And then you work on their lifestyle and environment, knowing right. that they have this genetic background. Yeah. Uh, but knowing that and understanding that and the science behind it is for me, it's fascinating yeah. and important. Well, like you're you're mentioning like Ronald Nancy and Ronald Re or Ronald and Nancy Reagan they, yeah. they they were talking about like drugs are bad drugs are bad and then they and then everybody wanted them and like words like cocaine you know it's like affiliated with like celebrities and rock stars yes. and rich people and then crack is the ghetto stuff the new, and cracks the new cocaine yeah and then uh, um then you got marijuana and yeah. versus but like um like on your site you know you've got cannabis listed yes it's uh, like a lot of the terminology probably adds to the expense too. like the way they use the terminology, like, Hey, you want some marijuana or you want some pot? That's like, or medical marijuana it's like, or me it's like, it's like bad, right? The right. marijuana is bad. The cocaine is bad, but it's, there's actually some medicinal purposes in those. Yes. There, abso there absolutely is Yeah, for some people. And for, for me, I got a test called a, um, uh, pharmacogenomics test uh -huh. and you can say PGX for short. Okay. And PGX, uh, basically told me what medications that are approved by the FDA are right for me genetically. Right. It, again, another money saver. I don't have to try medications no more. The doctor doesn't have to say to me, try this and see what happens. It, we get that a lot. Okay. No more of that. I have a, I have a book that's 70 pages long and it's constantly updated for my doctors, but I printed off a copy. And uh, I have that and I can take it with me and say, this medication is the right one for me so that oh, okay. I don't have to go through These... side effects and um, oh, interesting. medical reactions. Yeah. So that's kind of comes back to a little bit of what you're saying at the beginning of this is that if I know I, I was mentioning to you before we hit the record button, like, yes. uh, you know, homeopathic or there, there's like all different types of docs. Yes. Um, one, of, one of these doctors or uh, practitioners had told me a long time ago, uh, like, go get some blood work done take it to it might be a homeopath or what's the other one that, that you have homeopath naturopath mm -hmm. you can take the results to these people and then they can look at it and they can almost like build a profile on yeah. you yeah and then you can figure out what you need exactly. as an individual and it saves you a ton of money yeah and you, and those results is your genetics so it will it will tell you what is right for you for the rest of your life okay and so if you i, I think that children should it, uh, 
this pharmacogenomics test at okay. birth, just like we do uh, testing for different rare diseases. Right. We don't, we don't test the whole gen- genome. Okay. For, for children, but we we could, and we could also test for which medications are right for you. Imagine having that from birth. Yes. To death, and being able to know what medications right for you for for psychiatric medication, for pain medication. Oh, that would, yeah. If you have to go through a, a surgery and you need anesthesia for neurology, they have it for every single class of medication that's approved by the FDA. And and I, and as a legislator, yes, you can help write bills yes. to fix this because exactly. Because right now, and, and this is where uh, you'll hear people say that have lived in numerous states. They'll say, well, you know, if you live in this state, they do this medically and that's better for you. And if you live here, then it's better. And we moved here, like we moved here because of the medical this and that. I moved to Arizona for medical reasons. Oh, wow. And uh, I asked the doctors if in Washington State, if you had going on what I have going on, they hadn't diagnosed me yet, but we knew what the symptoms were. Okay. I said, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? And they said Arizona. So I came to Arizona. And it, was that was that because of the Arizona environment or the medical uh, the they, medical system? They thought the medical system, but it turned oh. out that the environment is better for me. Oh, okay. Um, I actually left and oh, I I stayed living here, but instead of keep moving around the country, I I started traveling. I went to Colorado and yeah. and had uh, treatment. I went to Pennsylvania for treatment. I go to California for treatment. So I go to get the treatment I need, but every state passes its own healthcare laws. Yes. And so you have to advocate for what you need in your state. So if you have uh, fibromyalgia, yeah. and you want to have certain treatments, you have to get those treatments, make sure that the legislature doesn't pass anything against the treatments that you yeah. need. And, and that every single state is different. So every state needs different laws. So your, your idea is actually really good because it just gives everybody the right to Oh my goodness! You're giving them right to healthcare. Individualized healthcare, <laughs> right. which is so different than socialized yeah. healthcare. Socialized kitchen, socialized healthcare is the kitchen sink thrown at you, and everybody pays for it. Right, and, like they it, in socialized healthcare, there's everybody is seen as a horse, not yeah. seen as a human. You're seen as a horse, and you're all out in the pasture, and yep. everybody's going to get the exact same everything. Yeah, I don't want the exact same everything. I'm a zebra or a zebra blowfish. I'm yeah. rare. I need yeah. certain things that help me live the best life I can live. And I think everybody should have access to that same type See, of care. And and that's to me like uh, once again we were Ken and I were talking before all this like the Republicans and the Democrats they get hung up on their party they get hung up on being a Republican or a Democrat. Well, I'm a Democrat and everybody says it this way, and I'm a Republican and everybody says it this way. But we're kind of stuck at the bottom. We're stuck in or we're, we're we we don't we're not privy to any of really what these decisions are being made about us. Right. But in reality. It's the healthcare should be should not be political. It, it should not. It should be bipartisan, by camera. Yeah. And that you we should as as patients, which all of us will be a patient at some point in our life. Yeah. I mean, you're born a patient, right? With the doctor right. in the room, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we should say nothing about us without us. Yeah, that's nothing true. Nothing about us without us. Yeah, that's well. That's really good. We we spent a little bit of time on healthcare, but that's a very important thing. It's it's. It's. Do you agree with this that healthcare is really one of the big siphons that our economy is facing right now? Like that's eating up a lot of money. Absolutely, and it's going to get worse with all the illegal yeah. people oh. coming through. It's it's going to put a big strain. We're we're I, last I read we were about fifty three, fifty two, fifty three hundred doctors short of wow treating the the citizens of Arizona. 
you know, I, I don't want to give away my wife's personal information too much on here, but like last year, for example, a good portion of our yearly income got eaten into healthcare costs over some very bad decision making, making uh, done due to healthcare, and it ended up, it it ended up we were paying out of pocket, and it it was not, it wasn't like oh yeah we're gonna you're gonna get billed six hundred bucks. No, it was like it was a lot of money. Right, I have had over a million dollars in medical bills. Wow. And, okay, we didn't hit that. <laughs> and um. I wrote a book called The Pain Code that talks about how to navigate the health system and how to get the care that you need to navigate yeah. the minefield. We'll, we'll have to go over your books too. Yeah. God, you're like, you're like, how do you find time for all this? God. <laughs> well, that's good. God is God is guiding me and leading me through, and I see His hand in everything yeah. I do. So, is there any skyscrapers named after you, or any uh, <laughs> there any, any monuments in your name yet? Or no, uh, our house we call it, we call it the KB Farmhouse. The KB Farmhouse, Ken and Barbie Farmhouse. Ken- so we named our own house after us. <laughs> that's that's super. It's really funny because we were talking. You're like, yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah, I got a book about that one. <laughs> I do. I I, well, I have nine books already. So wow, that's wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, guess how many books I've written? Uh, one. <laughs> None. None. Zero. Okay. I, I wrote. I wrote some reports in college. Yeah. Well, as long as you're alive, you can still do it. So go for it. Um. So okay. So we've got the next subject here is integrity, transparency. Um. Okay. So bar- it says Barbie supports the need for election integrity and transparency. We'll try not to kill the rest of the episode on this. This could go on. There's rabbit holes and all kinds of bu- funny stuff that we could go down. So you've got election voting. Uh, government operations, border control, uh, illegal immigration um, versus immigration. That's true. They like to lump those together. Yes. We had 320,000 immigrants. And it's like. Mm. No, I, I'm an immigrant. I was born in Bangkok, Thailand. Were you really? Yeah. And so I know I, I had dual citizenship and then I That's gave up my Thai citizenship. And I know what immigration is. I know how, yeah. how it feels to go and stand in front of a judge and swear to be a good American. Wow. So you've so, had to do the whole swearing and everything. I, I did the swearing with my sister and I did that. We were both born in Thailand. So because you both did the swearing and everything, you mm-hmm. know more about um, s- government. You, you know more about civics than the average exactly. American <laughs> because <laughs> I've I, seen the videos where people walk up and they ask the questions from the <laughs> Right. I took the other day I, I was online and there was a take a civics test and see how you do. And I passed and I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's because you got I that passed. training. Yes. It's, it's growing up having that that background yeah and and you know R- ronda matashoni and she was on the yes. other day um and you know we, that was one of the things we talked about is like a lot of americans just don't they do not understand civics um i wasn't given a whole lot of i, I think actually in junior high i took a civics class or it was a high maybe my freshman year of high school i think i did take a civics class i can't remember it for nothing yeah but i literally had to go online and learn what different positions do in cities and states and i had to se- i'm self-taught on that well, good. I, but a teacher... It's okay if you see self-teach. Yeah, but I mean, it's not in our education system, so... Right, it should be. And, so, and same thing with healthcare. We should have preventative care starting back in elementary right. school. And so it's it just it's just drives me crazy. And I, yeah. I think our lack of education leads to these things like, uh, you know, the, the election and the voting. Yeah. And when, when I was writing bills, mm-hmm. I, I thought I knew a lot about what how yeah. how it is to write a bill and i watched the little cartoons as a kid i'm a bill yeah. on capitol hill oh yeah 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 so what was so that I was, like, was that, like, was that? Um, schoolhouse rock schoolhouse rock yeah, yeah. I, I remember that <laughs> <laughs> and so and so 
I thought there's it goes through the Senate or in the House or vice versa. It uh-huh. can go either way. And then it goes to the governor and then it becomes a law or on the federal level it goes to the president. And I learned there's 32 steps to getting a bill from creation, from thought wow. to law. Okay. There's 32 steps in there. And you just are not taught that in civics class. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I, I really don't remember the civics class other than I remember the book had a, had a cool looking building on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was sitting in, I was, <laughs> we had to cover our books with, with uh, paper bags. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Start, okay. So yeah, Cause really they might charge you later. They might bill exactly, you. <laughs> if you ding it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting process. I was sitting in the Senate, uh, to the, the whole Senate. And this is here in Arizona. Like, yeah, here in Arizona. And, and, um, they're like, we're now going into a cow session. And I'm like, what, the, what is a cow session? Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I don't know what that is. Cows through. It's the committee of the whole. Okay. And, oh, committee of the whole. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's just part of the voting process and how they do the host, the vote versus right. like individual vote. They'll say yay or nay. Mm-hmm. And, and try to gauge it off of crowd participation okay. <laughs> sounds. Yeah. Whereas when they do their final vote, they actually have all their names up on the board and okay. then they click a button from their seat and it wow. tells you, tells them which way they're voting. And then you'll also see there's people that will be down on the floor that like click no. And then you'll see people scurrying around the floor Okay. and then they'll change their vote to yes or no or whatever they're being. Oh, told. wow. So, and you've been there to witness all this. Yes. I actually got introduced. Ken and I got introduced on the um, Senate floor a couple of years ago by uh, Senator Nancy Bardo. Okay. So if I would have walked in to the Senate building and saw Senator Bardo walking, hey, hey, I, I got some bills I want to write. Let's get, let's meet over here. No. Coffee house. Like that, that ain't going to work. It's not. I actually <laughs> started testifying on bills in 2009. And yeah. She um, was part of that process. I had testified in front of her for a few years yeah, telling my story and why this particular bill is so important or the good or the bad of the bill. Right. I support it. I don't support it. And um, we actually had gotten a bill passed through. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it, but I was there to give testimony and support it. And we went to an after party celebration to say, yay, our bill passed. Yeah. And she showed up and she started asking my husband questions. And he said, the person you need to be talking to is my wife. Yeah. And she wrote a book called from wheels to heels and went from wheelchair to walking. And she was like, Oh, and so she came over and, and we started talking. She ended up buying a hundred books. Wow. Gave them out to, she read it um, first and then she bought a hundred books, yeah. gave it out to every single legislator. And she said, every single one of us needs to read this and then passed it on. This okay. book is not political in any yes. way, but it has so many tips and resources for people that it was that it would be helpful for all the senators and all of the legis- yeah. uh, House of Representatives to have that information and see from a patient's perspective what is, could be done to fix the system. Wow. So that's kind of how you got into this whole. That's how I got whole. into writing the bills. I said, well, here's some ideas I have. Yeah. But it literally took from 2009 to 2021 of okay. being in front of, of these legislators and. Yeah testifying, sharing my story, talking about what's going on. I found out during that process, um, insurance companies were on the other side of a bill and they went in and one of their negotiating tactics is, uh, we want to ne- negotiate. We want to go in the back room and talk about this. We don't necessarily need a bill. And that was just a way to kill the bill. Yeah. And I, I went into that. I'm the only patient sitting on the other side of the table. And I just went down the line and said, well, I had Blue Cross Blue Shield. This is what happened. I had Aetna, this is what happened. I, yeah. and I went down the line and, and they said, 
they they all were just like uh <laughs> wow that's wow. interesting that's all like that's a whole other side of this thing that we don't even know about yeah and it shows you the importance of sharing your story yeah and also knowing if if they want to take your bill out of committee so they can go in the back room yes. and talk this is what i mean by transparency on my yeah. website let's be transparent about this let's get it on the get it on the microphone <laughs> yeah i mean i i work in in tech um, and one of the things that you can do working in technology is like when like you, you update code, for example, you use systems that you, when you update the code, you have a record of all of the different codes that's been, you know, uh, added to it, uh, corrected, whatever. And so if I write some goofy bunk code, yes, uh, it, it's, it's going to show that I did. Yes. That, I had a legislator the other day. Yeah. He's, he, he was explaining, um, I didn't have him. I, I was listening to him speak. And he was explaining that, oh, I, I supported this bill because it was like a misunderstanding and the words in black. Yeah. I should have paid attention to the words in black, but I only paid attention to the words in blue. Which I've heard, I've heard the similar excuses. It is an excuse that this, I mean, the stuff in blue. Yeah, I've heard, the, I've heard of stuff. that. The stuff that's marked out in red is the, is the stuff that they're striking to replace the blue with. Yeah. And the stuff in black is what's already law. But he was explaining it to this room and I'm like shaking my head no. And someone looks at me and is like, Barbie? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening here? I would be I would be asking you that. <laughs> and but I didn't want to I didn't want to call him out cuz yeah. I'm I can talk I can have a private conversation later but sure. I'm like you know that what he just said is not accurate. And it's he was trying to say that it should have been in blue but it wasn't. And no, because it wasn't in blue. Was, it was already law. It was in black. It was already a yeah. law. So you really have to know and pay attention when you're going through and working on these bills. And I feel like I've been doing it for free all these years, just as a volunteer yeah. who says these things need to change. I might as well jump in and, and have an actual voting position. Yeah. And, and you mentioned doing it for free mm -hmm. um, all these years. Uh, the interesting thing about that is I, I asked Rhonda this question, but I found out, I found out later that the board of supervisor position is actually a quite a nice paying position. I think, I think it might be 80 grand or something. 80 grand. I, I believe so. It's it's well, a, it's up there. House of Representatives is like thirty two thousand. Yeah, for, for the year. Okay, so, so 30, 80, 80 grand. What? Yeah, I know. So like thirty thirty two thousand. Um, I thought thirty two was nice. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so I I asked Rhonda this, and okay, thirty two thousand. Yes. I, okay, I I would. I'm not trying to be hot headed, but thirty two thousand would not support my house. <laughs> I couldn't pay the bills, and I couldn't I couldn't live on thirty two thousand. However, Why? you're you're in session, yeah, from January until about March, yeah, and the rest of the time you can have uh, the legislators will have other jobs. I'll still I'll still be doing stuff with the International Pain Foundation, Global Genes. Oh, so it's okay. So the job. So it's a part time. It's it's considered it's very part time. Part -time. Yeah. It's it's basically four to six months, depending on how the but because yeah. the last thing you do is the budget. Less than a teacher, even. It's does. less than a teacher. Okay, because you know it always it, it always um and I never sat down and thought about oh wait they don't they don't work all year it's it's a limited time. It's a limited time, and you can go back and do whatever it is you were doing. One of the legislators uh, runs a jewelry store. Yeah. Um, so it really, it's supposed to be Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Like right. it, it's supposed to be, but the problem is that I I'm finding out as we, you know, discover <laughs> these people fight hard for these jobs. Like they, they, it seems there's a lot of cutthroat in there. There's a lot of. Yes. I got my first endorsement the other day from a doctor. Yeah. And he, when I first told him I was, I was running, he said, you're too nice. You, 
this isn't for you. Why, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. I feel compelled to do it. I feel like I need to step yeah, in that's, and that's help my question make to a you. change. I mean, why are you fighting so hard for a job that pays 32000 a year? Whether I, it's part-time or whatever. Well, it's also <laughs> part of my civic duty. One of the yeah. things growing up is that my parents instilled in us, uh, me and my siblings, was community service. Yeah. And, um, and this is my way of, of serving our country serving our community mm-hmm. i wanted to to actually be on the um the city council i don't qualify i live one block outside of the, yeah. the city uh then i tried for boards and commissions here in apache junction yeah i don't live in the city so even though i'm in a annexed area I, right i can't do it uh then then i got led from that i was speaking at a health conference with one of our governor's assistants, her health mm-hmm. assistant. And she was like, you know, you'd be great for boards and commissions for the whole state. I was like, sign me up. She gave me an endorsement to, to, awesome. to do this. Yeah. And as I went through the system, they found out I was Republican. All of a sudden I got oh. put on hold. <laughs> See, <laughs> it's true. I, I would, I would say like, you know, why are you doing this Barbie? You're too nice, but I think it's admirable. You're doing it. Um, I certainly wouldn't do it. Um, I mean, I won't, I won't lie. I just, there's no way I would do it. It seems so cutthroat. It seems, it seems so, I don't know. It just, it just seems vicious. <laughs> Non-humane. Yeah. I have a degree in social psychology. Yeah. So I, I think that I've been given the tools I've been, I've been studying yeah. <laughs> and learning and uh, I don't like fighting. Right. At all. I will fight if I have to, but I've never sure. been in a physical fight um, <laughs> in my life. So I, um, I know when to step up and I know how to step up and, and I feel like this is my time to, to step up. And I feel like I was led to this position. Yeah. And actually, um, we are, uh, PCs, yep. uh, precinct committee men. Right. And, uh, on veterans day, I was in the veterans day parade. Cause I do pageants and so I was oh. riding, riding in the parade. And then afterwards I volunteered at our, our D five table. Yeah. And Vicky asked me to run. Do we have a, did we have a D5 table? We had a D5 oh, table. Oh, just recently? Yeah, at Flatiron Park on November 11th. They didn't even tell me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were there. Um, maybe she would ask you to run. I don't know. You know what? It's so funny. I usually go to that parade. Yeah. And I just woke up and I was like, uh, I'm not going to the parade today. Oh. Well, you <laughs> I could have went down and worked at the table. Nobody even bought yeah. Okay. You could have worked at the table. You could have seen me and Ken waving. D5 people. You didn't even tell me. <laughs> Uh-oh. Or maybe I wasn't paying attention. That's what's going to happen. You, no, Neil, you just weren't paying attention. No, you pay attention. I watch you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Vicky asked me that day, and I said, I, I have health considerations, and I want to talk to my family about this, and and um, people will, uh, my brother's in politics, so people yeah. will check you out and see your background and ask questions, and are am I ready for this? Is my family ready for this? And nobody yeah. said, don't do it. Everyone said, I think you could do this and I think you would do a great job. I, th- I think you would, I, I think you'd do great. I, I think it'd be awesome. Um, I, uh, um, as a matter of fact, um, I was wondering, so you've sat through these sessions and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I don't want you to name names cause we're not that vicious, but are, are there some people out there that are just that dumb? Like, are there some legislators there that are just like, Durr. <laughs> <laughs> like well, I think it's, it's, they're just not educated. Maybe I should ask somebody else. <laughs> they're just not educated on on all the things that they 
could necessarily be. Yeah. I actually grew up with a learning disability and dyslexia. Oh. And I, it, and I went through special ed classes and, and yeah. all, of, all of that fun stuff. And, and they told me I, in elementary school, they said, don't even think about college because you probably won't graduate high school. And I graduated yeah. college in four years. College was actually easier for me because I, I could study I my own it way. It was, I could study my own way. And, and I was talking, I've been canvassing and knocking on yeah. doors. And I, I met a guy uh, yesterday and he said he has dyslexia. And he said that um, people with dyslexia, they see in 3D. Most people see linear, linearly. Like they, there's a straight line and they stay on that straight line. Yeah. When I see something, I see this whole big picture. I'm seeing it from different angles and, wow. and trying to decide which is the best way to accomplish this. Do I have to go over, under, through, around, yeah. make a tunnel? <laughs> what do I need That's to do to accomplish this situation? And part of that is because of the way my brain thinks in 3D. Yeah. Which most people, unless you have dyslexia, you don't think in those types of terms. And I never thought about that yeah. until I met this man yesterday. Interesting. But it's absolutely true. See, um, I've never been diagnosed with a learning disorder, but I, I guarantee you I got one. Yeah. Like, like, there's no there's no dispute. In fact, I'm afraid to get diagnosed. <laughs> I'm afraid to get checked. But there's, there's tips and tools that you can learn. And that's what I learned as right. a child. I, I was having trouble. They would throw a ball at me and I would just let it hit me. I wouldn't even raise my arms wow. to, to stop it. I oh, just okay. let it hit me. Yeah. And so uh, things like that showed me uh, there's something wrong. And I went through special ed classes every summer. My, my siblings were out playing on the park, in the mm -hmm. park, and having fun and riding their bikes. And I'm in, in classes every single day trying to learn. And I had to have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'm not afraid yeah. to lose everything. I've yeah. lo I lost everything. I was yeah. on top of the world, a head coach at a university, had my own business that was thriving, multiple states. I was teaching into Canada, mm -hmm. lost everything, went down to food stamps. Yeah. I uh, lost my ability to drive. I lost my first marriage, literally lost everything yeah. that, that was important that I worked hard right, to yeah. accomplish and had to rebuild a life. And, and so I'm not afraid to lose everything. And I also am very willing to look at all the sides and say, which, which way do we need to go? Do we need to do part of A, part of C, yeah. part of a Z? And mm -hmm. where do we need to go? What can actually fix this? And seeing in 3D right. because of the dyslexia so interesting. really has helped me get further than seeing linearly. Well, you know, um, the thing that I run into is, uh, I do, I do really well. Like if you give me a tech manual, you, you know, you, I'll, I'll read it, but, 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 but do this, do that. Yep. But if you give me a King James Bible, yeah, I get through like two stanzas and my head hurts. Like it's, it's <laughs> like a, it's like a headache. It is. Yeah. It's, it's why I've never read a full Shakespeare I'm going to read one before I go, though. Like, before I leave Earth, I'm reading Shakespeare. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Just read a little but, bit at a time. Yeah. And but you'll it, make I your mean, way through. It's, it's, With it's, the Bible? Yeah. I would say, my brother gave me this suggestion. Yeah. He said, just if you are feeling like you, you need some piece of advice, open the Bible to wherever it opens yeah. and read something. So read I could tell, I could tell the King James Bible, look, King James Bible. I'm I'm having a rough time reading you. Yes. <laughs> it might advise me on how to read it. <laughs> it might. Well, there's apps for that now. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the it's, thing. There's tools to help us with whatever challenges us. I I do like I'm able I'm able to recognize, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Maybe it's just because I'm older now and I don't care. But like, I'm not afraid to admit. Like, if I if I have a learning problem or something somewhere, like I'm not afraid to just say, yeah, I, I for some reason in that particular area. Of, life where i just can't comprehend certain things that way yep but it's like and it's okay i i don't i don't see 3d 
But no? man, I, I get I get through a few stanzas and it's just like, oh, like it's the craziest thing. I always wonder, is that like a psychological thing? Is that like a... I don't know. But another thing to, to test yourself yeah. for, for the dyslexia is take take something, a sheet of paper that has words on it uh-huh. and rotate it in the four directions. Okay. And see inside your mind. The, reading out loud is, is a challenge, but yeah. t- check all four directions. And a lot of times your brain will process in different ways and you can read. Oh, and so if interesting. it's upside down, it's easier to read or comprehend what you're reading. Oh, so oh wow! Turn it in different directions and see again. Looking at things from different angles. Yeah, that's really cool. That's yeah. I've I've never. It's funny. I've never really actually sat and talked with the person about that. You're bringing this out of me, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So this. So we've got um on the economic side of things. Yes. We've got um. Okay. So I'll just read your statement. Yeah. Uh, you support policies that fairly balance the community's needs with the concerns of existing Arizonian Arizonans. Sorry. She will do this through a fiscal conservatism view, which includes support for lower taxes, smaller government, free market capitalism, free trade, deregulation of corporations, and restrictions on labor unions. I am voting for you. <laughs> that is my lingo right there. Yes. Good. <laughs> Good. I learned working for a university yeah. uh, how budgets work on, on the state level. Yeah. It is eye-opening. <laughs> they would say, you, Coach, you got to spend all your money. And yeah. I say, but I don't need to. And they're like, no, you literally need to spend all your money or you don't get any more money. Next yes, year. I encountered that in the military. And and so um I they're like telling me, buy buy mittens. Buy uh I bought I bought I bought self tanner for my whole fifty six uh members the uh, student athletes that I was coaching. Yes. Self tanner with tax dollars from the state. Yeah. Like, literally I I was like, I don't want to do this and they're making me yeah do these things and and just so that they could get the same budget in the athletic department which is so crazy because the military is like that too same is, thing yeah but military will will say no and and to a lot of most of the things that come through and 80 mm-hmm. percent of the people won't come back and say i need this they'll just accept the no yeah especially because you're you're told don't talk back to someone who's ranking right. above you <laughs> um, but the 20 percent that come back yeah they get what they need because you wouldn't come back if you really yeah. didn't actually need it. Right. So that, 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 that part of like, the military is kind of nice. Well, like one year, and this is like more, maybe a lower, like lower logistical thing, but they had to yeah. meet this certain budget. And they, and they said to me, um, you know, you have to order out of this GSA catalog. And, and they, they just threw the thing at me. I didn't, there was right. some stuff that was paper clipped together in there, but yeah. I just ignored the, I just thought it was their paper clips. And then I went in there. I was like, okay, I need a shelf. Um, I need that. I need, you know, I need this tool. I need that tool. And then I went back and then they came back and they're like, you were supposed to only order what was in this clip. And so I opened it and I looked and it was day planners and pens. Not not the things you actually needed. Yeah. Like I, like if I wanted to get pens for this office, I would have got a pack of Bic pens, right? Right. No. they A hundred pens. I, I ordered my team. It was like five, five or six people. I ordered them all the, this is a few years ago. This is like uh, 2000, year 2000, 2001. Yeah. Literally those leather day planners by Day Runner, I ordered them and I ordered them each a cross pen. I was like, and they came in to They're work like, and I was no, like, no, 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 sir. Merry Christmas, guys. Here's a, you, you didn't get the shelving you needed. Right. Here, here's your, here's a day planner you can brag to your friends about. Right. Well, you hear about that. They, they say, they say like, you can get this HDMI cord, but the cord is $600. Yes. But the, the, if you go to, um, Best Buy or Radio Shack or something like that, 
It's it's a five dollar cord. Yep, exactly. Six hundred dollars for it. It's like, wait a second, what? So that's that comes under your, your um, fiscal responsibility. Your fiscal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and smaller taxes, deregulation of of our uh, businesses. They are taxed to death. They are like even here, like in Apache Junction, they they have their whole budget yeah. on on sales tax. So they give as much there's as there's an incentive they to tax. There's an incentive to tax. Yeah. Why don't we work on some of those t- challenges and make it so that businesses want to come to Apache Junction and work here and and serve the community right. and more people will be buying because the prices are better, right. working on the economy and lowering those taxes so that more people buy because they have more money to buy. Right. It goes further. It, same thing with energy. We should be energy independent. So is that why we don't have like a huge line of biz- people just wanting to open businesses out here, you think? In Apache Junction? Yeah. Well, part of it is the population size. Yeah. We're a rural town. Yeah. And um, if, if you count the snowbirds, we're up around 80,000 people. Okay. But uh, big places like Target, Mm-hmm. They they need at least a hundred thousand people. Yeah, they, in an yeah. area Costco. They need a lot of people need, in the yeah. area to sustain their business. Right, so they know not they to bring their out, business yeah. here. But if we made it easier for businesses to be here, which would make it easier for people to be here to shop for those businesses, yeah, it would bring bigger stores in, and things would get better. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm a little anti-growth. Um, out yes, here. I, I well, <laughs> Apache Junction is so beautiful and is is yeah, uh, uh, serenity. Every night, I feel like God paints the sky for us. Absolutely, it's a new picture, and so we we have that, and we want to keep that. Yeah, and that's why we have ordinances like uh, keep your lights low at night outside, and yeah. and things like that, so that we don't get have light pollution and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But we also need to balance that with keeping society going. Right and manageable. If if everybody is taxed out of everything, they can't buy homes. They can't have something of their own, their own property. Right. It's going to be very difficult for for uh, many of us. Yeah, and I don't to I, succeed. The, this is all ties into economics, but it's more of a city, I think, and county thing. So I don't know how Arizona legislator could really have any do anything, but like you know, like Rhonda, like can help guide. Really? Because, like, we have this issue where they're they're just running through the wilderness now. Right. Well, I had a school board member come up um, uh-huh. to me and ask me, knowing that I had passed some other legislation. They're like, what, yeah. do I, what do I do? I need this fixed. And I said, well, first you have to research the law. And I went and researched it for her. And brought oh, wow. Her, I brought her back, um, like, two type pages of my notes. And then I brought her links and then copies of <laughs> what yeah. the links were so that she would see this is Arizona law. This is federal law. Yeah. And, um. And her and I have been contacting a uh, couple legislators oh, that's to, great. to possibly get a bill this this session. But the last day to drop a bill, that's what we call it, drop yeah. a bill. Oh, okay. It's like dropping a, you know, dropping a beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but Staying up last, with the language. Yes. Um, February 2nd is the, is the last day to, to drop the bills. And so that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and so we're like in a rush now. Whereas if I was actually going to run a bill, I, I would bring it before like in november to the end of december is yeah. the best time to talk to your legislators and say this is what i want to do when the legislators are chosen for the next session so yeah. that when they go in in january they're ready to go and we're not cramming bills in at the last second so that they don't have time to research them and process them and know what's actually in the bills yeah um th- this kind of this discussion also takes us uh, 
into the state infrastructure. So we we know that you want like you know low taxes. We you know we and and the legislators can definitely help with that. Yes. Um, the free markets. Um, I don't know. Do, do we? Do you think we have a free market in Arizona right now? Uh, sometimes I feel like we do, and mm. then and then other times I'm like, yeah, we don't have a free market. This grocery store decides what they want to put in there. Yeah, <laughs> and, true, and true. as a consumer, like the grocery store has has the ability to pick what products they want to put in. Right. But uh, sometimes there's there's federal or state mandates that keep prevent them from yeah. putting stuff in their store. Okay. Yeah. Do Do you think COVID nineteen? Do you think Do you think any Do you think that the change things? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even like in the print world, there's we we have a magazine, and we were in yeah. every Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and Chapters okay. Books, and um, and they said, you know, there's certain things you can't put on the cover of your magazine. That's not a free market. Really? Yeah. So, so we, they're like, you need to redo this cover before we can stick it in the store. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. I never thought that. So, so you think that the things in the store, the things that the store owner thought those were going to be what you want or what you like, yeah. but it's, it's, there, there are laws and regulations that tell them you can sell these things. You can't mm-hmm. sell those things. And it's not necessarily the store owner's choice. Yeah. And, then, and then the consumer is limited even more because you only get to pick between the stuff that's on the shelf. Yeah. And, and then also, uh, I've watched, and you know this too, you've been in the state a long time and been around even to other states and stuff. Um, there used to be a lot more bookstores. Like, uh, like when I moved to Arizona, we had Walden's. Oh, shut- yeah. Yes. <laughs> we had Walden's. We had uh, Borders, we had books a million, Bar- yeah, books a million, Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Then you got the crazies over there, the at, mom and pop ones, yeah. The, but there's there's not as many mom and pop ones. That's what I was gonna say. Do you do you? I like books a lot. Yeah. Um. Do you think like it's po- like? Do you think like three of us could just fire up a small business and open up a bookstore down the street, or, or do you think it would just fail? I don't think and, it would do very well. And, and would it and fail I because of government I, policies, or would I it? I think fail? it's uh, Amazon. <laughs> oh, you okay. Amazon did yeah. a, a targeted marketing. Specifically, uh, to to say we're going to be the number one bookseller in the world, and I've published nine books. All nine of them are on Amazon. Yeah, you can go to Barnes and Noble and say, "I'd like this book by this author, Barbie Ingle," and and have them order it. Yeah, but it would be easier for you to just go to Amazon. Click, click. It comes. I brings it to Amazon you Prime. Like, You'll yeah. get it tomorrow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because I I love books. I love bookstores. Barnes and Noble. I might have told you, but like my wife and I got tossed out of Barnes and Noble during the COVID madness. Doug Ducey lifted the mandates. Nobody should have been masking anybody. Right. And so we walked in and they were still masking. And I was like, look, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. Well, we wouldn't even go in the stores anyway. Well, they but. shut down all of their magazine sales. Yes. Just, and that was the other thing. It, it, our distributor went out of, out of business because of that. Yeah. Owing us tens of thousands of dollars. That That's not free market. That's it's not like free market. It's, yeah. it's the government saying, shut down and then the the store saying well we got to survive through whatever this is going to be for however, for however long yeah. and making decisions yeah I, w- I was just and then so after everything calmed down and christmas came around not this last christmas we just had but the one before mm-hmm. i was trying to find something for my wife and it looked like maybe barnes noble might have it. so i actually went to the santan one which was like against my rules principles everything and i decided to walk into the barnes and noble which it is not the same store anymore. No, it, it is. It, it looks like the airport version. Like they didn't have 
a, oh, what I wanted to get her was a, a math book. She wanted to get a, re, a math review book. She's like, I want to review my math. I want to get better at it again. I said, so I'll find you one, like maybe like a ninth grade level algebra, pre-algebra thing. They didn't have, they, they did not have one math book inside Barnes and Noble. No, nothing STEM probably. No. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a bookstore. Right. It's supposed to be. Like you should have a math book in here. Right, but even Barnes Noble <laughs> is is deciding like what's getting printed, what they're gonna carry. What, yeah, and and you you can come in with with a book title and an author name, and they will order it for you to their store. But why not then just go to Amazon? Yeah, it's so crazy, and and then of course, like you just said with the magazines, you know there there's magazine that uh, we subscribe. Well, we we ended up subscribing to it, but we used to actually go into Barnes Noble, and and I used to buy the magazine there and then sit down and read it drink coffee or whatever yeah it's, it's not that world anymore it's no. like i don't know what they're expecting from their customers they're expecting <laughs> you to come in you give them a donation pick something up, yeah <laughs> pick up your coffee from their starbucks counter and run out and and, and run out weird but yeah this, so yeah i, I don't I, I would after covid i just don't think our market's near as free it's it's well, it's definitely not as free. But even you know when when Biden came in and he and he started shutting down the pipeline and saying no more coal and no more gas ovens and yeah and all of these things, it's taking away our our freedom of choice, which God gave us. Yeah, God gave us freedom. And I don't know about you, but I'm shocked at the amount of people that think that's good. Oh, it's not good. There's a lot it's of people that just not they think it's good. They they're they're putting like this. Like our argument for free for free market yeah. is availability. Yes, I want a free market because I want availability for you, for me, for him, everybody. I don't care what his politics are. If he wants to read all the satanic books, I don't know what they. I don't know what they want to read. Whatever, I'm stereotyping whatever. them right now. Oh boy, <laughs> whatever, whatever they want to read, right. they should have the right to read. They probably want to read good things, but right. But um, I, I just they they look at your viewpoint and go, well, well, they like free markets, so we have to hate it, and so there's. They they actually, Flash. but then you go to places. We went to Panama uh -huh. last year, Panama Canal. Yeah, not Florida. Yeah. Um, oh, of Panama. <laughs> yeah. And and the Panama Canal is having a drought, and so they're talking about only letting like six ships a uh, day in or okay. through, and ships are going to have to go all the way down through South America yep. and then back up the other side, or they're going to have to just stop stop at the East Coast. But they're also shutting down our railroads, so bringing the the products across the country is is also slowed down and stopped yeah a lot of those trains ran on coal they're they're you know not getting so they're destroying our free market they're destroying our free market by doing things like we have to only use a certain type of stove we yeah. only have to use a certain type of vehicle our our infrastructure is not set up for electronic vehicles and and so to have an e-vehicle that you can't charge or you can yeah. only go a certain range from your house is not free market. It's not yeah. getting out and doing the things that you want to do and, and, and giving you that availability to make a choice. How, how do you feel about the U S dollar? What U S dollar? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the pennies? Um, <laughs> the, the, the federal reserve note, <laughs> right? legal tender. Uh, well, it's, it's declined significantly. It's declining, and, yeah. and I'm hoping that we will, uh, have a different um, leadership. Yeah, come back in 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 November. Can, can state legislators help on that at all? Is it is it out of their hands? Is Helping it, the businesses uh, yeah. thrive and survive. Right. Will will help our dollar here in Arizona, but it also comes down to like 
shutting down the pipeline. Yeah. It, we need to open up the pipeline. We need to be energy independent, which right. will help with all the other aspects. It, it will help with healthcare. It will help with grocery store shopping and, yeah. and education and other things that trickle down from that. Right. This conversation's fun. Um, I, I, can you keep going? Yeah. Okay, I just don't want to waste all your time. Oh, no, this is definitely not a waste. This has been a fast hour. Like, it's been an hour and 10 minutes already. Oh, wow. <laughs> how, how are you feeling, Ken? Are, are people going to listen this long? I hope, if you're still listening. Well, <laughs> it's really funny because I was watching, do you guys know who the Patrick, Patrick Bet David is? Do you know who? So, you know, they, they, they brag that they do long format. They, they, they'll be like, yeah, we had uh, Vivek on here and it was like three hours and the audience was getting mad. And, <laughs> like, you don't understand long format, but anyway. Um, oh, so we're going long format. Today. I don't know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> we'll see it's, what happens. It's, it's been a fast, I feel like it's been a fast conversation. So yeah, that is, you say an hour and 10 minutes. That's, yeah. that was very fast. Yeah, it's fast for me. I don't know how you feel, Ken, but is it fast for you? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I told you I wasn't going to get too many words in. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just didn't I know if we. I was giving you guys fatigue. No, it's, I'm doing okay. It's, it's been really fast. I, I mean, um, I spent the whole day canvassing, and I canvassed yesterday, so I was already fatigued. Right. But I only live once, so let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you've got all your other. You've got um a little bit about diversity, immigration, military. Um, oh, you know what? We'll talk about a couple of the, those things, and if you want, we can get the more lighter note things. I th- I think we know. I, I think we, I think we kind of know um, Barbie legislator at this point. Um, but we'll, we'll go over a couple more little things here um, on that. But uh, you know, I'm just curious, and I'm not trying to get trick question you or anything because yeah. I, I, are you familiar with like the Austrian economics model? No. Or, or Aust- oh, it's it's really good. Um, I think you'd be right right up your alley. Um, really, Austrian economics model. It's uh, like the Cato. Do you know about the Cato Institute and the Goldwater Institute? I know a little bit. They, they all kind of push the Austrian model where it's like sound money. You know, money must be sound. It, like like they back they talk about gold currency, gold back currency, yeah. stuff like that. And I didn't know if so you know, it's it's if you don't if you don't know about it then you won't read about it. It's like a very simplified economics model. It's it's really it's it's right it's right up your alley. That's why I was <laughs> so I wasn't trying to put you on the spot about oh, it. Oh no, that's okay. It's I the economics that I do have, uh-huh. uh, my base comes from Walter Williams. Oh, okay. So Walter Williams, uh, uh, he's the uh, guy. Like uh, he writes a lot with like Thomas Sowell and yes. uh, yeah. And he was a professor at George Mason University, where I went to college. Did you meet him? Yeah, he was my professor. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> and so I forgot he's from George Mason University. Yeah. Well, he lives down in yeah, Florida. He, he's now. that guy that was saying I knew that graduated from there. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it, <laughs> <laughs> he started um, back back in the uh, early '90s. He said uh, he's had a petition. He said if if you um, could have a state that seceded from the union, would you yeah. go to it? And 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 but he was teaching about this in class, and and talking about you know starting his own state or taking a state that's already in existence and, and making it a free state, a truly free yeah. state, and. And um, you wouldn't rely on federal government or or any of of that, but yeah. you'd also, as a state, represent our state. And so that was part of the economic. It was your project, kind of. Yes. Yeah. What wow. would we do? How would we do this? Fascinating. So he was your professor at one point. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not big on meeting like celebrities and stuff like that, but man, if I ever met like Walter Had I Williams, had I known I would have or... taken a picture with him. Yeah. <laughs> 
so he t- back when you were going to school there, you were just he was just a teacher. He was just teacher. <laughs> and he became Walter Williams that, that everybody knew. Yeah. After that. You know, it's sad because like him and Thomas Sowell and um oh like Milton Friedman's already passed. You know, it, these guys, like who's replacing these guys? I don't know. I was hoping for Herman Cain. Oh, you know, did you back? Did you did you like him as as a candidate? I I loved him. I liked him a lot. I did a whole episode on him one time. I really liked his nine 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 plan. Yeah, the, that was really cool. Like that was a very attractive plan. Yeah, quick, simple. Everybody could understand it. Yeah, you know what you're paying for. Yeah, uh, and and I read his book. It's called uh, "They Think You're Stupid." Yeah. Did you do? You, have you read that book or heard I about it? I heard about it. Oh, it's it's a wonderful book. Uh, I'll give you one spoiler. Okay. Out of like all, spoilers. yeah, out of all of the many hurdles he goes through in life, he grew up in segregated South, right? Yeah. Out of every hurdle he went through in life, you're reading it, and you're going, "They're doing this because he's black." You know, you're just saying to yourself, "They're harassing him because he's black," or yeah. they're doing this. Never once did he say they did it because I was black. He always said, "They, they, they did this and this, and the reason why they did it is because they wanted the position rather than me." Yeah. Or he would say, um. Uh, like he went through the ranks at Burger King. His he had like a men- not a mentor, a headhunter. He had like a personal headhunter. Yeah. And the personal headhunter said, uh, "Well, if you want to be, he wanted to be the. He didn't say I want to be the first black VP. He said I want to be a VP. Yeah. And and they're like, you'd be uh, the first black. What yeah. Do you think of that. They were. They, yeah. His guy said, "Well, if you want to be a VP, you can go through Burger King because Burger King is a very diverse employer." They embrace a lot of that stuff. They will read your resume and gauge you on the resume, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And so he did. He started going through Burger King, and he got he uh, experienced. Um, so Burger King back in the day would make you work at the at the store. <laughs> like they'd make you run the register and sweep the floor and mop and everything. And so he had to do all those things after he had been big at the Department of Defense for like some time. And then yeah. so he's you're you're going through this, and these guys are harassing him. And somebody finds out that he's being mentored for VP. Yeah. And they did not want him. And you're reading the book and you're going, these racist sons of bitch. You know what I mean? Like you're reading this. And then he never once said it. He never he he never looked at it that way. I found that to be so fascinating about that man. That is fascinating. Yeah. My sister, her name's Marby. So we're Marby oh, and Barbie. Marby and Barbie. Oh, cool. And and um we're both from, born in Thailand and she was actually adopted. Okay. She's half black and half Thai. You'll oh. see a picture of my whole family. So are you Thai? I um was born in Bangkok Hospital. Yeah. And so I had uh dual citizenship I yeah. and American and then okay. when I came to the United States around four just before I was four years old yeah. I um uh well I actually went in front of a judge at 12 yeah. but I came to America when I was four wow yeah and and my sister and I went and swore to be good Americans and yeah. gave up our Thai citizenship but my sister is half black and half Thai yeah and um and we grew up just outside of Washington DC near Quantico the marine uh-huh. base and we were the considered, and when you look at my picture online, yeah, yeah. we were considered the first black family in our neighborhood. Really? Because of your because sister? Because of my sister. And then growing up, the, the white kids didn't like us or their parents didn't like us. They taught yeah. them. And, and the black families that moved in, they felt safe to move into our neighborhood after we moved in. Oh, we so you started the, the trend? We started the trend of the black people moving into the neighborhood. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and, but the black people didn't like us either. And so, you can't get no love is what it is. Right. But <laughs> our next door neighbors actually, in the middle of the night, I remember being woken up with, with all this chaos. The KKK actually burnt a really in our next door neighbor's yard. Oh. And and um, we were woken up to that. And then another time we were going through Washington, D.C., and they said, put your sister on the floor. 
and put your feet over her. And we had to lay my sister across the, the floor in the back seat of a blue hornet. <laughs> <laughs> and and they were literally pulling black people, the KKK were pulling black people out of the cars and wow. putting them right there on the streets in Washington, D.C. And these are the types of yeah. racist. What year, what year was this? This was in the 70s, like yeah. 76, 77, yeah. 78. Okay. And, and, uh, and so, like, I remember these images. So yeah. I, I know what it's like to be um, discriminated against. Yeah. And I also know what it's like to have the privilege of being white. Even now with healthcare, I, I see my sister and her, her children yeah. receive different care. And so she'll call and ha- put me on Skype. And then the, the nurses will be like, who's that? That's my Aunt Barbie. And, and they'll get different care. Interesting. So I see that. And, and it's, it's fascinating to see, even in college. Yeah. Um, exact same parents, exact same br- br- upbringing. My sister got uh, scholarships and grants yeah. because of the color of her skin. And my dad's like, you go in there and you tell them. <laughs> yeah. We, we have the same mother and father. I need money too. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they were like, here's $500. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the... Um... Do you ever see that movie with Steve Martin, the jerk? Yes. He's like, I was born a poor black. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so, so, but it was like, Hey, I want my, I want my scholarship too. What do you, you the same parents? Why does she qualify? And I don't. So when I say diversity on my website, I'm, I'm saying diversity of thought, not diversity of thought, diversity of skin color or religion or race or, or that type of thing. And I think like when you read that book, they think you're stupid uh, by Herman King and you read about, Burger King, like, you don't get the idea that they had some kind of weird affirmative action thing going on. You get the idea that they were just open, you know, right. to 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 look at anyone and 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 hire the, the best, best person the, for yeah. the job. And that's what our parents instilled. Yeah, was, I don't know what Burger King does nowadays. The best I mean. person for the job should should get the job. And sometimes you're going to win, and sometimes you're not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's been times where, like, uh, you know, like I told you, I work in tech. You know, I've I've had some uh, black coworkers in my time, and you. You know, it, it, you're all individuals and some of you are better at certain things than others. And there's been like programmers I've met that are like way, like way beyond me. <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. it's, it's all about where you put your mind and, and where you, and you know, what Focusing. you, what you, yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy that stuff like that still goes on it's, it's, in our modern world. It is. And, and I see it. In, but also affirmative action. We need to end yeah. affirmative action. Yeah, I think it's damaging, right? It is absolutely damaging. And my family is a really good example to show. Yeah. I mean, they would say to my sister in the grocery store as children, is this together? Or in a, in a restaurant, is this together? Or is, do you need separate tickets? Like, yeah. My mom's like, this is my daughter. What yeah. are you talking about? Is What? And, and so... I, I got to see that, but I also got to see um, people now. Right. Like, oh, you're hired because you're you're the token on the board. Yeah, you're that's the, terrible. This, that. and, and it's like, no, this person earned this position, hopefully. Yeah. But then you hear about the schools that are doing affirmative action and and leaving out Asian people so that they could have more black <laughs> people. Instead of having the most qualified people not even knowing what they look like, just based on score, yeah. they should get in. It's it's really um, something that we see. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. Um, and like you know, it's even when, like when I was in high school, I had, I had a couple of Chinese friends. Like they're well, their parent they were a Chinese immigrant family, and they I mean their parents like put, I mean they they made them study so, so hard. Like 
I mean, they had to study their tails off. They knew everything about everything. And can you imagine going through that and then not even getting into the school right. you wanted to get into just because of your skin color? Yeah, that's and and you're still a minority. And you're still a minority. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And, and maybe that kind of takes us over here to this education where you've got prior prioritizing students and teachers in the classroom. Uh, Barbie supports accountability to ensure that our tax dollars are spent wisely to benefit the students. Yes. Um. So we've got issues. Uh, we're still we're over we're overcrowding classrooms. That, this just always seems to be a problem. Um, oh, da data pri uh, data privacy and security, quality teachers and voucher programs, school choice. What's what's uh what's the data privacy and security? What's that about? Uh, in under education. Yeah. So data privacy and security is the issue all over America, all over the world uh -huh. right now. Uh, but. There's times where, like, if, if your your child has a dyslexia or yeah. learning disability of some kind, they're they're letting that data out. They're talking about it. They're not uh -huh. following HIPAA guidelines. Like, if you go to the nurse's office for for certain things, okay, um, they're they're leaving the doors open. They're so it's kind of like data, yeah, and information out. At our school, there was 200 teen pregnancies or whatever it was. Yeah. there's not, but but they're letting that data out and they're actually tying it to the students. I see. And giving that information, that private information away. And it's all money, obviously. It's all money, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Even targeted advertising in the schools and, and, you know, different soda companies go in and, and, yes. And use that private data to advertise and market to was, the students and try to get them hooked on a certain Was it us that was brand. talking? Well, yeah, were we talking about a month ago about the license plate scanning? And I said, look, these IT, you got these IT firms that like sell, like we can, we can scan your license plate. Where you're driving, where you're shopping, what you're doing. And they're doing similar things in schools. Yeah. And it's like, it's like there's a, there's this never, ever, never ending quest for data. Yes. We've got to get oh. the data on this and the data on that. Yep. And, and so these license plate scanning companies are promising they're going to delete the data. I'm like, look. They ain't gonna delete. They ain't gonna delete. They're gonna sell the data, and and but even with the grants that are going into the schools, the yeah. part of the requirements to get the grant money yeah. is to report the data of their students. So it's more um, strong arming, bribing. Yes, absolutely. And then also with the the ESAs, um, the 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 state will give a school, a public school, yeah. about fifteen thousand dollars per student. Uh, I've heard some schools are up to thirty thousand dollars per student. But if you want to homeschool your child or you want to do a charter school, yeah. they only give you seventy five hundred. <laughs> I think it needs to be equal. That's one yeah, of the things I like to work on is is equalizing that so yeah. that the parent has the choice and the freedom to send their child or children to the school of their choice right. with the same funds to help that child succeed in that school. So so do you do you back homeschool? Do you I do. And some of my uh, nephews mm -hmm. were homeschooled and some of them are went to public school yeah. and, um, and my niece is, is homeschooled and, um, it, each parent has to decide for themselves yeah. based on what their situation is. But I think that it should be equal for whatever choice yeah. you make. It should be up to the parent to say where the funds go instead of the government yeah. to say where the funds go. I, I interviewed these two ladies that run a, a, a homeschool bookstore out in Phoenix somewhere. And the the catalog of books that they offer is like it's the most amazing education it's so much more than you get in a in a public school and i'm i was i'm just going wow and then and different people 
will network their children together, you know. So and so during COVID nineteen, it was causing a problem because we can't control these kids that are getting homeschooled. We can't mask them up. We can't lock them down. They're they're flourishing while we're all suffering. <laughs> so absolutely, and and there's things that some parents want to teach their kids at certain ages, and yeah, and have those discussions with them, and and be the one to educate them on. Yeah. It. And our schools are stepping in. Our public schools are stepping in and going over the bounds sometimes. Yeah. And so we, we need to watch that. And then one of the other issues that's coming up with schools right now is uh, the law says that uh, an educator has to be fingerprinted and background checked. Okay. And some of our school, and then Arizona state law says they may. Oh, may. <laughs> may versus shall. And um, that's one of the things that we're trying to, yeah. to get in at the last second for this session. Uh, but it, it's, it, who's an educator? In Maryland and Virginia, they say an educator is anybody who could have contact with the student, including vendors, janitors, anybody, a night crew, okay, anybody in the school, unless you are a parent of a child at that school, has to be fingerprinted and background checked. Okay. Here in Arizona, they're they're not they don't have to unless they are a teacher. That's what they okay. see educator as. So it needs to be fixed to shall so that we can yeah. know who's in our school system and and what their background is. Are, are there children in the in the Arizona school system? I don't I don't know anything about this. Uh, in the school system, are there people that are teachers but not qualified to be teachers? And well, there's so, a shortage of teachers, and so they bring in uh, room assistants and and people to assist the the teachers because of the overcrowding. And, and so they become them. kind of teachers. They become ex. They become teachers with the teacher. It's kind of like the doctor situation. Yeah, where you have a nurse practitioner that takes over half the doctor's cases. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's, it's, a, it's seen that similar type of situation. These, okay. these, these administrative assistants are coming in and, and, um, cause I was wondering, seeing these TikTok videos and I, I know you gotta be careful of the gaslighting and all that stuff, but like you see these TikTok videos where these got these like teachers, they don't look like teachers to me. They look like maybe they might have a job at the school and they might be teaching some kids some stuff, but they're not real teachers. Yeah. First off, it, why are you watching TikTok? Well, the, the, actually they're not TikTok. They're like, uh, copied from TikTok and thrown into Telegram. Okay, okay, there you go. There you <laughs> or go. or thrown on on Twitter or something, and it's right. like the libs of TikTok lady or whatever. Right. You know? Like, but, what is happening here? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Why are you watching TikTok? Yeah. Oh man, all day, baby. <laughs> you can get lost in that world. No, I won't. I won't. Yeah. I won't touch that's, that. That's when I'm on a lot of social media. Yeah. And I believe that you can use social media for good. Sure. But TikTok, TikTok, TikTok is, is just is, yeah part of the CPP. I didn't so, know. I won't touch it. <laughs> it's um, but the, but yeah. So like you see these, you know, the you see these teachers. They'll take down the American flag. They'll put up uh, the like the rainbow flag and you know yeah. poop emojis and you or, know or just like Palestine weird junk in their classroom. What's that? I said, or the Palestine flag. Yeah, that's the new one now. The, yeah, and, and I'm like, are those really? Thing. I'm thinking, is that a teacher or is that just like somebody that's getting like minimal money? I I feel like a teacher that went to school and took all the testing. Oh and, no no! I, I as a as a collegiate coach, yeah. my student athletes were becoming teachers, and they were definitely in their own world of. They're wokey wokes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, you you think you'd you think you think I could coach it out of them, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I don't know. It just seems like um you would take your job more seriously if you're highly educated in that in that line of work, but I guess not. No, I, th and, and I actually think that if you don't have a college degree nowadays, yeah. you can get f further in life. <laughs> I, I, 
I really don't know if college is is yeah. the the needed thing like it used to be, yeah. or or the how it was stressed when when I was going through school. Sure, sure. Years ago, um, it, it's it's now if you unless you're going to be a doctor or surgeon, yeah. a lawyer, right. something that you have to have a degree. Don't waste your money. Yeah. There's an outreach group, uh, a Hispanic uh, outreach group called Bienvenidos, and they're out in Phoenix and. Uh, one of the young girls, 17, she's, you know, tell me she's running an online business where she does web services for people. She builds websites like these right here, you know, and like really can do. Yeah. And, and she's doing, she's 17 year old, you know, and she's telling me, oh, I said, so uh, when you finish uh, high school here, are you going to, are you going to start do a business? A, yeah. No, I said, are you going to try to go to college? I was oh. seeing where she was. I said, yeah. I guess I was testing her. Is there, are you going to go to college? No. You don't yeah, want to go to college? No. no what am I going to college no for? But, but brainwash? I was like, oh, this, I like this. Nice, nice. It's all liberty stuff, you know. Absolutely. The, the liberty folks are not wanting. And I, you know, there's so many learning tools out there nowadays that you really don't need the college degree, like you said, unless you're going to become a doctor. Right. Uh, but, if you're going to do surgery on me, I would, lo- I would like yeah. for you to, to have a college degree. Yeah. Maybe a little uh, residency somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very nice. And I hope I'm not your first appendectomy or whatever it is i i went to udemy and got that i'm golden (laughs) um have you heard of that site udemy udemy yeah is it a site or is it just it's it's an education site you can learn how to code you can learn that they've got algebra they've got all kinds of classes on there but it's a self-learning class okay i don't think you want to be learning how to do surgery on that thing no i don't want i don't want my doctor learning (laughs) on there heart surgery 101 (laughs) no but how to write a book or how to how to do legislation i I actually started a a course on facebook on how to write how to write and get the laws you want passed so yet another thing we're doing another thing i did (laughs) a thing i do yes that's so cool um well yeah so 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 yeah, I think I think we know Bar- Barbie the legislator. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the experiences you've had? Um, Fun stuff. Yeah. So. Um, well, first I want to say reality TV is not real. If it had to be real, there would be no reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to start with reality TV? Sure. It's a fun topic. What What's your um? What? Yeah. What, how did you get into reality TV? Well, first I got into reality TV through talk shows. Uh, I brought my mom on the Danny Bonaducci show with my sister. Danny Bonaducci show. Remember Danny Danny Bonaducci? You see the, the Partridge, Partridge family? family? Yes. So oh. He had he had a talk show, and they were like, "Is is there someone in your life that looks the same, even though it's been fifty years?" You know, type of yeah type of ad. And I wrote him, and I said, "My mom hasn't cut her hair for twenty five years. It's down to her butt. She wears the same blue eyeshadow my entire life <laughs> since I was." born she's been wearing the same blue eyeshadow and she i used to think that was cool when i was a kid right? you that? <laughs> i didn't uh, yeah and i and and they were like this is perfect and um they picked us they flew us to chicago to film to film the danny bonaducci show wow and i think i heard of it like when it was coming out yeah well he has a radio show also that's still on yeah i think i've, I've, I've this heard was clippings of it television show and um, we went, and they cut her hair. It was the most beautiful she looked in my entire really? I saw her in my entire life. And the picture that we have from that day is the yeah. picture we used when she passed away. Oh. For, for her funeral picture, we got it made into a poster. And yeah. 
in that's the picture we use. No so. blue eyeshadow either. No blue eyeshadow. No, <laughs> they they brought her into the the nineties uh, when when we went on that show. So so it was in the nineties when you when you when did I this? did that. Yeah, and then little things like um, I would make the <laughs> I would make the news. We had someone break into our house, and and the police were like, "Oh, there's this gang of of black people," and I was like, "It wasn't a black person." The news people, the news yeah. people standing in my yard. And I'm like, it was. This was on reality TV or? This is real, t- the real oh, news. Oh, this, this is real. Okay. I, like, got into oh, you were on the, a news clip. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I said, I, they said, how do you know that it wasn't a, a gang of black people? And I said, I said, no self-respecting black person would wear Reeboks. And that's what they kicked the door in with. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be wearing Nikes. And, and, and they were like, what? She just said that on national or on, uh, you know, regional t- television. So, um, so. <laughs> So, so I did I did that, and then I also did beauty pageants growing up. Of yeah, course, you mentioned modeling. You mentioned pageants. that for the Veterans Parade, that beauty pageants. Yes, yeah. So for my fiftieth birthday, I was like, I want to do a pageant, and uh, well, I actually was started out to judge a pageant because I didn't think that yeah. they would have them for people fifty years old. Yeah, and they actually do. So oh, cool. So I I tried again, and I ended up winning. Um, I uh, did uh, Miss Arizona or Mrs. Arizona, and then yeah. I won the regional title, Mrs. Southwest. So did. Uh, and then I went to nationals. Okay, so this is Arizona. Does does it go all the way to the world level? It does, and I'm actually currently uh, serving as Elite Miss, which means I'm yeah. over fifty. Uh, elite Miss, uh, <laughs> uh, Universal cool. Universal Petite Thailand. So I'm representing the country of Thailand, my oh, birth okay. country. Wow. Or the international pageant this year, I go in June for that pageant. Um, so even in these uh, over 50, 50 and over yeah. uh, pageants, is it all being won over by uh, like uh, Latin America and India? Latin America has a lot of winners. Because <laughs> yeah, I've always <laughs> just noticed that through life. Best. It's always like Latin America and India. They always have like lots of winners. Well, one... The, was I don't pay that close attention. Latin but. America, they, they are speaking Spanish and it just sounds yeah. it's like... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's not how... Uh, that's not the words. That's not actual words. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, when I speak Spanish, I sound like a, just a interesting white lady. Yeah, if, very gringa. Very gringa. Yes, yes. <laughs> Muy gringa. See. Si, si. And and so, um, but they have the best fashion, and, yeah. and, and um, they do very well in the pageants. But interesting, yeah, I do well too. So hey, wow. So, <laughs> but that's how I got into it. So I'm not afraid to get in front of a camera. I was yeah. I grew up a cheerleader. I I saw cheerleaders at the at the soccer game for the diplomats. Yeah, the um, Washington diplomats is a soccer team. Yeah. back in back in the seventies, and they, the first cheer I ever learned was "Dips are dynamite, don't mess with dynamite." Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> And, and, and I said, dad, that's how I'm going to be the rest of my life. And he said, oh, wow. he said, no, you have to do something real. You have to get a real degree. You can't, you can't be a cheerleader your whole life. And I can't. said, watch me. <laughs> now you mentioned, I think you mentioned doing a speech at the Rose Bowl or Rose Parade or did you say? Yeah, well, I coached at two Rose Bowls and the, uh, and one Sun Bowl okay. in, in my coaching career. And so I had to get on the microphone at the Rose Bowl and, and help lead the crowd and, Wow, and uh, get up and speak and um, to to the city councils and and uh, got to do the Rose Bowl parade yeah. and see all the behind the scenes. But um, I'm not afraid to get in front of seventy thousand people and take a microphone and not know what I'm going to talk about and see what comes out. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm not afraid, but I'd probably faint. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you look at you see seventy thousand people. Oh, yeah. I'm no, not afraid. At, at, at the Rose Bowl, they want to cheer for you, and you like yeah. you wait, raise your arms, and all of a sudden the wave starts, and you're just yeah. you just feel this energy oh, cool. of of 
synchrony. Well, I, I went to, stadium. yeah, I went to like a leadership school one time. Uh, well, a few times in the army. And one of the things that the guys told me is stand up there, look like, you know what you're talking about and the crowd will go along with you. You know, it's when you give a, when you give a presentation, just, you know, just pretend you know what you're talking about and yeah. they'll just nod their heads and go ha- along with ha- it. Have your key points and <laughs> say it with confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? And so, so you, uh, you so, showed me so earlier. I, I do, I do different things. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to do an awareness project with yeah. our charity and, and I said, let's do a music video that, um, brings people together and gives them hope. And, uh, and so I worked with a, with a group of actual professionals Yeah. and, and uh, Ken and I are BMI published music. BMI creators. published <laughs> music creators so uh, cool. with, with our song hope is true by iPain. We say by iPain cause the artist, um, normally makes a lot of money Yeah. and, uh, and, um, she wanted to do something to help the chronic pain community and the rare disease community. Very nice. And of her so to without do. using her name, we created a song and it's called hope is true. Now I pain is your organization though, right? Yes. Yeah, so I pain is the, is the abbreviation. It's actually called international pain foundation. Okay. It's a nonprofit 501 C3. And, and it's, it's, is it is it just like pain management? Is that really what it is? Is that we do education, awareness, social events, and access to care for the chronic pain community and many of the diseases we work with over yeah. 150 diseases from wow. physical pain, spiritual pain, mental mental health, and mental illness, and uh, we work with people from all over the world for to to get them to the proper doctors to get them treatments. A lot of times they're overlooked. Like I said, I have a million dollars in medical bills. I had a doctor tell me I would die if I didn't get my rib taken out. Yeah. So I hurried up and got my rib taken out and then I had complications and it messed up my lungs and it wow. snowballed. Should have you gotten your rib taken out? I got my rib taken out. I mean, the did, same rib taken out twice. Did, now, did it, <laughs> did, did it have to be, or do you think that was no, it? It absolutely should not have been, Okay. but I didn't know better. I didn't advocate for myself yep. and that's how I became an advocate and, yeah. and started speaking up was I had to learn a whole new language with chronic illness. And that's why, or when I learned our system is set up for acute diseases and not diseases, acute situations, not chronic. Yeah. This, this person I was talking about called the fit herbalist. Uh, she was saying that, uh, she's a nurse. Uh, I don't think she's, I don't think she's acting as a nurse nowadays. I think COVID when she got fired or whatever, um, she's stopping. Well, she had mentioned that, you go through this care and I, the terminology she used, like I'm not good with medical terminology, but she said, well, she said like basically when you get diagnosed and then you go through care, they just start chopping off limbs. Basically. Yeah. I've, I've had a full hysterectomy. She had a very nice way to say that. Right. (laughs) I I had a hysterectomy, a oophorectomy, a knee surgery, shoulder, shoulder surgeries, different ones on, on both shoulders. I had my rib taken out, same rib twice. um, And you really didn't need to. In a lot of these cases, um, in in a lot of these, well, especially the rib case, that was yeah. absolutely they misdiagnosed me. I was overtreated, undertreated, and mistreated, and it led to major complications. So you see, so you said you had the same. You said you had the same one taken out twice. Yeah. How, what? <laughs> the 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 surgeon that uh, rushed me into surgery. Yeah. Uh, he took the. He was supposed to take my first rib back to my spine. Yeah. And he didn't. He left a few inches and he left two bone spurs. One was okay. going into my right lung uh-huh. and the other one was wrapped around my brachial plexus nerve wow. bundle in my shoulder. And, uh, I had a full lung collapse and, uh, my goodness, four partial collapses. So, um, one, my full lung collapse happened in church. 
something wow. funny happened and I laughed and my lung fully oh. collapsed and my life flashed before me and I learned that the only thing that matters in life is human connection. And uh, I... Um, the, I still, even with that, the doctor refused to say he made a mistake. And that's what sent me to Colorado. I got a 3d scan of my body in Colorado Yeah, and I had to take a bus there cause, cause my lung was messed up and they sent me back on the bus. I was on my way back home and they were like, you need to turn around and come back immediately. We see what's wrong. And the doctor here, uh, went out of practice soon after. Wow. Okay. So the, the, the problem was that he. He operated not, it wrong. He did the operation incorrectly, which caused wow. further damage to my lung. Now I have lung issues, as well as my brachial plexus nerve bundle. Oh my gosh! In in my shoulder. That's just shoulder. crazy. Yeah. You know, you're a survivor and a half. Yeah, and some. <laughs> wow, that's just yeah. crazy. Well, so that's kind of what eye pain is about. Like that's what it's helping. about. Yeah, our family. How eye pain started was our family. Every between November on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. we would come up with a family project, a service project to do, and um, be and we would complete it by December. Yeah. And, and since I was a child, we did this every year. Uh, you mentioned yeah, spiritual pain too. What what is yeah. that? What is spiritual pain? Yeah. Uh, spiritual pain is when everything in your life is going wrong, and you okay. feel like you have no purpose here on earth, or you haven't found your purpose. Yeah. Or that you're having trouble working towards yeah. what you're here for and talking through that, working through that and, and finding your way. Okay. To, so that would be like, uh, you could get some treatment, like mental health treatment or something. You can get mental health treatment, but you could also go to counseling with, with yeah. spiritual advisors that, that can help you. It doesn't have to be uh, to any oh. one religion. Yeah. It could, it, it's just basically a, a, a Christian based yeah. ideology. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, I, I, I went through that actually. I, I've always, you know, I'm sociable, right? I talk, yes, and, you do. <laughs> but You're awesome, but at the same time, and thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> I really appreciate you saying that. Um, at the same time, if somebody doesn't speak to me and nobody wants to talk to me, I'll just go, okay. Uh, I'll hang the clothes sign up and just kind of go in my area and do tasks, whatever there's, I'm never bored. But when I was in the army, I got stationed and then I got, uh, sent over, you know, I was in Louisiana and then I went over to, to um, Texas and I just went through this really weird loneliness phase where I literally was lonely and I, I couldn't believe I was lonely. I believe it or not. I you could, have people around you, but you're still feeling that loneliness. Yeah. And I was like, why are you lonely? You like it. <laughs> like, wh- why, why are you feeling lonely and why are you depressed about being lonely when you, when you like being lonely, when you like being alone? And the in- most interesting thing happened, I think, you know, like maybe maybe I'm just like type person can solve things on my own or something. But I got a copy of Ray Bradbury's Martian Chronicles. I don't know if you ever heard of that book, but it's just a classic. It's a classic book by Ray Bradbury. And I read that book and I just got myself so immersed in this book, right? And I read it and then the next thing I know is like the depression was gone. It was over. It was done. Um but it was like like when you that's why when you said, you know, spiritual loneliness, it was a spiritual loneliness. I was like yeah. bloody lonely. Like I was like <laughs> Like, I never felt so depressed and lonely about something ever. But I guess if you run into that, people could feel There's like a sense of despair. Yes. Yeah. Or why am I here? Yeah. So, and, and to me, that's what hope, hope, humanity is equipped with hope. Yeah. And, and hope is true is about being in that despair, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, yeah. you're in this despair, but have hope. Because there is things out there that can help us, and and th- so there's a whole music video that goes along with this yeah. with this song. 
Yeah, and that's what yeah, that's what we're coming to. Sorry, I was kind of running off the no. rails there for a minute. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but the, the hope is true is all about finding those those treatments and and those solutions and tools in our life yeah. to, to keep us moving forward and and fulfilling our earthly purpose. Yeah. So this is really neat. This is a. So you got this opening scene on the video. Yes. Is that like a balloon? That is a balloon, and the balloon is is a big part of of our message. Where we we use balloons to, to signify hope, treatments. Uh, we we trap the bad guys and and pop the balloons, and the bad guys go away. Yeah. Right now on the screen, you're seeing two disabled people. Yeah. And the hands are coming down from the heavens, and giving them energy and and power. Yeah, it was a. Uh... It was a uh, a young man in a wheelchair and a young woman and with a walker, and now they're dancing. Yep. And as you said, this person that's singing is a uh, volunteered herself to sing the song. Yes. If I said her name, you. Let's uh, do your own research. Right. And in here, uh, I was like, I wonder if it's going to show up. Like, you know how they have those programs where you can play the voice and it tells you who the singer is. Oh. <laughs> Will it tell you? I, 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 it has not yet, so, um, but maybe one day it would. Um, and uh, what, what we were just seeing was, was these pain minions coming in yeah. and trying to overcome these people's lives. Okay. Take control of their lives. And, and, and so we're going through this story. We're going through the story of life. And these are, you're seeing pain minions in this video. Oh, okay. I see. And they're, and they're fighting them working hard it's all silhouette art yes and this is actually the silhouettes from america's got talent oh okay performing oh these people this is like the art that they that they do is silhouette art oh okay and it's shown on on america's got talent yeah okay i've never seen that so yep and here we go back with the balloons again and then you've got uh in the back there it looked like maybe the moon was that the moon yes actually this is all all the graphics in this were done Uh by my brother Oh, okay. It's an animator. Okay. And um, so you'll see mountains. You'll see you'll, yeah. the moon is is um, is in the background. The, the mountains remind me of, of Arizona. Yeah, those the definitely. The beauty of, of Arizona and the peaks and valleys of life. Yeah. And sometimes you're in a valley where you think, this is the worst place I could ever be. And you have to remember there's people looking up at you in your valley yes because what they see is you're at the mountain and you've made it further than they have and they would rather be in your valley oh i see than in the peak that they're standing on yeah and that's kind of like it i think why like why some people feel that like a sense of despair or something because they feel like i can't get out of this but it's just about they're just stuck in a valley yes exactly but their valley could be way higher and other people would would pray to be in their position. Yes, that's true. You're, 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 you're right. They're, they're, they're where they're sitting in life is still higher than another. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's hard when you're on the bottom. You mentioned like you lost everything at one point. Yeah. It's, I, I, I was at point one point two where I went through a really bad divorce and it, it was, it was a very rough time. It took 15 years, I think, to recover from that. Wow. One bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> but this is beautiful like silhouette art um thank you yeah everything except for the dancers in that yeah. my brother created that one. really yeah um so and that just goes through all of, is gonna have goes through, oh and i can see how they made, how the we made it yeah 
Okay, that's really neat. Um, yes, and and six of the dancers that performed in this actually have chronic pain themselves. Oh, did, wow! I would have never known. Right, and so and and the choreographer Lynn um, has chronic pain, and that's why they stepped up to help us out with this project and, wow. and volunteer their time. And that's over at hopeistrue.org. Yes. You know that your silhouette art reminds me of. Um, have you seen the movie Three Hundred? With the all the Spartan guys. And they're, yeah. they show little bits. It's been a long time since yep. I've seen the movie. They show little bits of silhouette art of them. Like it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Ooh. A little more friendly. Yes, a lot more friendly. <laughs> this, is, this is hope and peace and but, love. But the silo- the the silhouette art is like kind of um, it's captivating. Yeah, it's, and so they're actually dancing behind a green screen. Oh yeah, that yeah. There's the green screen yep. there. How cool. Yeah, I'm so, when it comes to video and making videos, I'm about as clueless as it all gets. Oh, boy. I really don't understand yeah. vid- we, video work, but. We did a, a project called I Pain Pop, and so balloons meant a lot to us in the music video, but mm-hmm. it, actually Ken came up with this idea. Um, you, you have a balloon, kind of like the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. And you say, I have the nerve to be heard. I live with this disease or I'm a oh, okay. for this disease. Yeah. And then you pop your balloon and we use different balloon colors to represent the different diseases. Okay. That involve pain. Do, do, are a lot of people afraid to admit that they have like some A lot of people of, are. And yeah. actually. I guess uh, I would be too. I'm, Wendy Rogers, she's running for Senate yeah. in, in our district. Yep. And she actually, uh, when I was going to testify and brought people in to testify for, for one of the bills, she actually admitted on the the stand that she's a chronic pain patient. Is she really? And, wow. and she said, I'm going to support this. I have gone through chronic, chronic pain, pain huh? and uh, I understand what, what you're here to do and talk about. And I appreciate all of your stories. And she's like, I've not really shared this ever in public. Wow. I'm a chronic pain Look patient. Look what you do, Barbie. You bring everything out of everybody. <laughs> I, I was telling you something I had too at one point. Right? <laughs> well, I have resources and tools and, and, and have become an expert in this area so that I can help people. It's part of being a physical cheerleader, or yeah. sorry, part of being a mental cheerleader. I used to be a physical cheerleader, yeah. and when I lost all of that physical ability, I had to to take all those tools and resources and say, "God, what am I supposed to be doing?" And God said, "You're a cheerleader. You are a cheerleader." Yeah. And I became a mental cheerleader instead of a physical cheerleader. That's so cool. And then we've got here all of your books. Yes. One um, of one of the ones I've been asked out, I, going out and canvassing and people looking me up, I'm getting getting the most about real love and good sex for chronic pain patients and their partners. Yeah. That book, Ken and I wrote that together. Really? Uh, and uh, yes, it was after we were on The Doctors and we had flown out to talk about a different topic. And when we landed, this is what happens in reality television. Yeah. Even our talk shows are set up. Like you, you get flown out to, to have a have a conversation yeah. about a specific thing or if you stand up in the audience yep. and you, you look like you're just a random audience person that just stood up yeah. to ask a question, it's all planned. So, oh, okay. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but the doctors, we got there and they said, we actually um, are going to change your topic. And uh, one of the most talked about, one of the most asked questions is how do you keep your marriage strong when yeah. one of you lives with a chronic disease? And right. Ken and I, they just said, go and start talking. And we talked for 18 minutes straight. They cut really? it down to like 30 seconds or a minute and a half. Oh, they... But but we didn't realize we had so much to share and talk about. That's really neat. And we, a whole book came out of it. So. so so if you marry Barbie, you're stuck in all the uh, achievements too. 
Yes. <laughs> he comes along with me. We're we're a package deal. That's really cool. So um and, and of course Ken built out all these websites. He did. He's he's amazing. He has some really Very good nice graphic work. talent. And yeah. he also did that book cover for Wheels from Wheels to Heels. He did that book cover. Really? Okay. He did. Yeah, it's and a cool book. It's yeah. And yeah. Heels is H E A L S, not Oh, I see that there. Yeah. Um although although I, I did go from, from wheelchair to putting on high heels. Uh, it's about healing. Yeah. And and uh, then, and of it, course, you got a children's did. book. Yes, Aunt Barbie's Invisible I, Endless Owie. I'm going to read this one, Wheels to Heels. Okay, I'll bring it to the next D5. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I was, I'll probably grab a Kindle <laughs> version. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I believe in stuff. I, I, I support it. Thank you. That's really that's that's really neat though. Um, yeah, I'm I'm anxious to read this. This is just kind of like your personal story and everything, then, huh? It's my personal story, but it, and it's what Senator Bardo read and then bought copies of to give yeah. to other legislators. But if you're going through chronic pain or or any chronic disease, you can read the pain code in the pain code workbook. Okay. And, and um, those tell you how to navigate the minefield of the health system. That's really cool. Which we are not taught. I I think it should be oh. taught in elementary school how to talk to a doctor, how to use your adjectives to describe pain. Most people just say, I'm in pain, help me. Yeah. But if you say, I'm in pain, help me, they don't know where to start. Right. That was my problem. When I learned how to say burning, fire, shooting, stabbing, searing, cutting, bone pain, yeah. those adjectives actually led them to f- figure out what the rare disease was that I had and start helping me get the treatments yeah. that I needed. This is, yeah, and then you've got the workbook, yes. I guess. The but- workbook is, uh, there is uh, things in there like how to do your living will and oh really those types of things that that I might have to buy a couple care. books here <laughs> uh, how to how to get through the how to get through <laughs> the minefield of the health system but that's the workbook to walk you through it so that you can create your own code for what's right all, for you all this time that I've known you both I, I I can't believe that like you have had all this that you've done all this you'd have at least shilled it somewhere. Um, well, <laughs> she's quiet <laughs> I well one I'm not why are you not a shill why are you not a shill I, I, I'm really good at marketing yeah I'm very bad at sales I oh okay I mean I've sold a lot of books I'm but bad at marketing and sales so there we go you're, uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, and people say oh you branded yourself and, and you, you've done all this stuff and it's like yeah but I have to keep moving forward yeah. I, I'm, I haven't fulfilled my purpose yeah. yet, so I, I have to keep moving. And this is, I have a learning disability. I never, ever, ever in a million days of life, I don't know if that, I've lived a million days, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I never thought I would write a book. I, I didn't even, no. I could hardly read a book. It took me six months to read Atlas Shrugged. Six months? Well, I think it's like was, a thousand something pages. I think it was, for me, it was like a few weeks. Yeah, that's the normal, right? For me, six months was, wow. was, but I was dedicated to reading yeah. this book. And I would call my dad and say, Dad, I'm John, and Dad, I'm Dagny. And, and he would go, no, well, you're that's not. That's right. We, we, we did say, some John Galt talk yes. the other day. <laughs> and he would be like, nope, keep reading. Nope, keep reading. Yeah. And it took me six months, and then I called him. I said, I'm John Galt. And he was like, yes, you are. Yes, you are, my daughter. Oh, so Okay, I get what, I, I get what you're saying. You're- it, it takes me a long time to read. So can you imagine writing a book? Yeah. My first book took me six years to write. Gosh, it's been so long since I've read Atlas Shrugged. I I, I remember some names. Hank Reardon. No, Hank Reardon was uh, my favorite book. Um, wasn't? No, Hank Reardon was he Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, he was in Atlas Howard Shrugged. Howard Rourke was The Fountainhead. Yes, The Fountainhead. Um, 
but yeah, Hank Reardon was the businessman. Right. Now I know I'm not him. Uh, well, I didn't know <laughs> in the first couple of chapters, I thought I was him. I'm the yeah. business person and I'm doing yeah. this and that. And then, and I, then, and when then I, I read like, that, I was like, the, I want to work for that guy. <laughs> when I got to, right. And then I got to like the third chapter and I was, I call my dad, I'm not him. He's like, no, you are not him. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but it, to me, it's like, uh, Atlas, I mean, my books are great, but yeah. Atlas Shrugged is the second best book next to the Bible. Next to the Bible. To Interesting me. because isn't it sad? Cause she just did not believe in any God whatsoever. Right. She just right. completely. Yeah. Well, my first, I, I was married for 10 yeah. years. Uh, prior to Ken, yeah, and uh, fell apart when I got a rare disease, yeah, and he didn't believe in God, and I thought I had enough God for both of us, and I definitely did yeah. not, but I learned in in that process, and even advocating for other people, yeah, there's some people I can help, and that's what I'm here on earth to do is is to help people, yeah, and through my journey, I'm learning tools and and yeah, and how to help people. I help the people I can help, and I have to let go of the people I can't help, and I have to let other people help those people, right. That's, it's that's a, amazing. That's, yeah. And, and, and you've lessons. got what, eight books you said? <laughs> I have nine, nine books. books and then I have three more that I've um, been working on. One's completed and the other wow. two are halfway done, but it's um, waiting on the, the 10th book is the second children's book. And it's, it's a beach day with aunt Barbie. And it's so basically going on an outing with someone who has a chronic disease, what okay. it's, what it's like, how, how you can help them prepare so that you can all have a good time as a family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's neat. I, um, this, this RSD and me, mm-hmm. I keep hearing RSD. It's becoming a popular topic now. Well, you're hearing RSV probably. Oh, RSV. You're right. That's what I'm hearing <laughs> all the time. Okay. No, sorry. It's a not. respiratory virus. RSD is reflex sympathetic dystrophy okay. or algonor dystrophy. Completely now. different things. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different. And I, I actually, it, you'll read a story when you read, when you read, uh, from wheels to heels, uh, I had a nurse say, uh, I, I said, I need a, you to use a pediatric needle and, and started to explain why. And she goes, yeah. oh, I know all about RSV. And I said, well, I don't have RSV. I have RSD. <laughs> She's not like and me. she said, alphabet soup. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you're wrong. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's more than that. <laughs> right. And, and, and then she, used, she didn't use a pediatric needle, and it caused spread of my disease. Oh. And I uh, went to, to the nursing board and and um, she had a hearing and they said, well, what do you want us to do? And I said, I want you to get her education. I don't want her to be fired because she's already had all this other education. Yeah. I have a rare disease. She, did, she didn't study my rare disease. Yeah. I want her to have mandatory education about my rare disease. So if she ever encounters another patient that has RSD, yeah. they, she can help that person. Oh, okay. So I, wow, so she I, made that I'll mistake. Just fire her. Yeah. Give her education. You're very compassionate. Thank you. <laughs> That's, um, I think it's patience. Yeah, and that is a, is a is a talent that God gave me. I, I'm learning. Um, I'm getting better at it as I'm getting older. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I'm not caring as much. <laughs> but my patience is a lot better nowadays than it was before. But I have been in, attending church now for two years straight. So great. That helps. I yes, think. absolutely. Yeah. It helps center you and just rebalance you. It does. Peak and then, and yeah, it's a good thing. And then uh, remission possible yours if, if you choose to accept it. Oh, so I like when that. I, when I went into my infusion therapy for the first time, I had an idea of what remission is. And I thought it was a cure. And uh, I found out that it's not. I'm going to be doing these infusions the rest of my life. It's, it's when you have a chronic illness. And I had to learn that um, remission is possible. And 
you just have to accept that it might not be getting your life back, the life that you had before you got sick. Yeah. So, and understanding that psychologically. Yeah. I use my psychology a lot in that one. Well, then you've got a couple other books here. You've got yes. Real Love and Good Sex. Yep. That, that one Ken and I wrote together. And, uh, pain patients even it's okay. for, for pain patients and their partners to keep their, their marriage, um, healthy and healthy and, and working. And, and it teaches you, it's like sex isn't all about sex. It, right. There's, you know, you can sit together and you can, uh, it, there's even a chapter on how to have an argument, you know, getting into a neutral room yeah. and, and oh, get, calming oh, down, okay. that would be calming down your emotions and, and those types of things or, um, bringing up a lot of times a, a, a caregiver doesn't want right. to touch the person in pain because they don't want to cause them more pain. Sure. So it can cause a lot of problems in your relationship. Yeah. And, and so we talk about those types of things and, and how to get that balance back in your life. And then wisdom, this is the, the philosophical masterpiece, right? Here, <laughs> the wisdom of Ingle <laughs> is five generations of life lessons. Okay, it, so it is. <laughs> it is the philosophical. It's um the the subtitle is fall down and uh, fall down and get up in half a day. Okay, and uh, that's the old timer saying. Uh, my dad came up with that. But if you look at the cover, yeah, that that's really what made me say that was the cover looks very like old. Like, it, it is. <laughs> um, and and there's a lion. Yes. On the cover. Yeah, I see that and, there. And um, and that is to symbolize Jesus. Oh, okay. The lion is for Jesus. And we talk about all kinds of fun stories that teach you a life lesson, but you go, wow, like my dad got, he was in a, a field and he got chased by a swarm of bees. Okay. And, and my, his, my grandmother, his mom was like, yeah. run Jim, run. And he, and he's just stood there and he said, no, aunt told me not to run. And, and she's like, no, you got to run. Yeah. And there's times when you need to run away from something and right. like, when, when it could kill you, you yes. run. And, yeah. and so, um, th there's different life lessons that actually happen to our family. Sure. And, and, um, all the way, you know, from, from my grandmother's stories and great grandparents stories down to my, uh, some of my nephews, some of them weren't born at the time we created this. Yeah. Book, but that's so um, neat. You've recorded all this. It absolutely. When my father passed away, we actually read this book as, as a family, oh. um, to, to, uh, commemorate him and his, in his life. And some of the new, the, the younger kids, um, were hearing these stories for the first time. So, but it's, wow. it's definitely a, a great life lesson for anybody who wants to have some wisdom that, that goes generations back. Well, this is really neat, Barbie. Um, it's, it's been awesome having you on. I know that you've met a lot of, you have pages on here. Um, uh, I forget this, is the I think it's on the Ken and Barbie page. You have pictures of, of just various celebrities you've, like got to go hang out with is it, am i in the right place is this the right page <laughs> <laughs> well political celebrities is, is on oh, my com. yeah that one you've got yes on on the uh, about barbie page um but um yeah you've, you've taken you've you've met yeah. a lot of people yes and a lot of these people in here well, are arizona favorites as well as political celebrities yeah. as well we've got kelly townsend yes we've got awesome. carrie lake we've yep. got wendy rogers senator nancy bardo um, Sean Hannity, Sheriff Lamb, um, Peter Ducey, and New Gingrich. Is that Peter Ducey? It is Peter Ducey when he oh, was wow. a, just a youngin, <laughs> just getting started with Fox News. Okay. Uh, back in the day. We we, we uh, like him because he's he asks rotunda. all the good questions. What's that? That, that picture with Peter Ducey was taken in the rotunda in Washington D.C. We go every year for Rare Disease Week, 
And oh, really? And um, we actually uh, got to to meet all the the press wow. that was there that year. He he's a tall guy. He's very well. I'm also really short. I'm five feet tall, so Ken's uh, five nine. Yeah, Ken's so, Ken's decent height. So yeah, I mean, so he's like in the six foot six six range. Maybe woo. Five, six five six six. He's looking. Like he's ready to <laughs> tower over us. Yeah, and then Newt Gingrich. We met him here in Arizona. Okay. And then we've seen him a couple times. Um, we I'm Catholic, and we went to the Basilica in yeah. D.C. And he was there, and um, him and his wife Calissa, and um, so we saw him there. And he after church he stuck his head in our car and was like talking to us through the window. Oh, that's and I was neat. there going, "Oh my gosh, New Gingrich has his head through my car window. This is like one of the most amazing times." And then um, a few years later, we were in um, D.C. for Rare Disease Week, a different Rare Disease yeah. Week. Yeah. And we saw him walking down the street and he's like, Ken and Barbie. He recognized us and remembered us. So that was a really cool moment. I, I have a funny Wendy Rogers story yeah. and it only happened one time, but uh, it was when all the craziness was going on, lockdowns and all that. We, we were out in front of the, um, it was right after the election. We were out in front of the Capitol. We were parking this commuter car pulls up right next to us. And I'm like, whatever, it's like a Honda sedan thing. Okay, whatever. You know, I'm yeah. like, oh, cool, cheap car like mine. Yep. <laughs> I'm, we're getting out, and then all of a sudden, this two hands grab my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's Wendy Rogers, and I look at her, and she, I go, oh, uh, hi, uh, Miss Rogers, or something like it. Yeah. I said hi, Senator, or something. Yeah. And then she realized, oh, this ain't the guy I think he is. Oh, whoops. <laughs> she totally <laughs> thought it was somebody she knew. Oh my goodness. And then she apologized to me, and I. Was, it was like a funny, like awkward moment. That's my moment with Wendy Rogers. Hey, you're my legislator. You're 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 yeah. my senator. Yeah, I told her. Uh, I said something like, "Thanks for coming out," or, or or "Thanks for being out here with us," or something like that. But yeah, she she was out there with the troops. You know, she was hanging out with everybody when everybody was all locked down and masked up. She was out there among the. She she wasn't wearing a mask. No. Nope. <laughs> she she's a bold. She's a bold one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I like I like having her in office, and I do too. Um, and, uh, let's see. So then you have another page here. Isn't there a page on here where you guys are hanging with some, like, some like celebs, celebs <laughs> or oh, is that, like, I, I don't, I don't can no. website. So, um, uh, Oh, bro, oh, is it this one? Bro, dr oh no, those are the drone photos. Oh, that's Ken's thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Ken and Barbie pages are literally a Ken and Barbie page. Yes. Um, so, so we've, we've, so if you're, if you're more of a Ken fan, you can head over to those links. Yes. He's got his own set of links. <laughs> Absolutely, and and <laughs> cool drone pictures like um, Jennifer Lopez, Ryan Seacrest, yeah. a lot of the American Idols. Um, uh, we've we've actually made friends with a lot of uh, the the old time American Idols. We haven't yeah. been in a few years since COVID. We haven't gone, um, but um, I don't know where are those pictures. Do you know? Oh yeah, it, yeah. It's I guess it's not that big a deal. Nobody's like on. I mean, we're not showing this off to anybody. I mean, they can go on your site. Yeah. Uh, Ken and Barbie, Ken and Barbie.com. That would be K-E-N and A-N-D-B-A-R-B-Y.com. And then you have your, uh, I hope, or I mean, I pain. Um, International Pain Foundation. Hope is true. Yep. I'm reading all at the same time. Yes. So we have hopeistrue.org for the, for the music. Okay. And then we have internationalpain.org for. Oh, the, I'll put all those in the web, on the, um, on the notes. Yeah. And if you Google iPain, lots of stuff will come up. If you Google Barbie Engel, a lot of stuff will come up. Really? Like 30,000 things. My IMDb page and 
and all the fun stuff. Now, if you Google the Arizona Liberty podcast, it'll pull up. But I think if you Google podcast in Arizona, it doesn't pull up. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. I Well, I said political podcast in Arizona. Oh, okay. And, that, and you didn't come up. So you need some more SEO. Yeah, I need to look into that. <laughs> like I told you, I'm a terrible marketer. Right. I, well, <laughs> I can build an infrastructure, but uh, I need a marketer. Yes. Well, I do marketing and branding. I just don't do sales. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully the podcast will sell itself if it gets marketed right. That's right. Um, but there is there is listeners, but uh, we're trying to definitely branch out more. Maybe maybe the the Barbie interview will make me go viral. Well, I don't know about viral, but hopefully we get some more listeners. <laughs> No, but um, there, there, there is listeners. There's, uh, I actually believe it or not, I have quite the Instagram following. That's awesome. I, I get lots of, I get, I get, people send me tips and little links and sound bites. So I do uh, every now and then. I do a little dedication to the uh, Instagram people because they, they do, they, they send a lot of stuff and they're, they're awesome. But anyway, I love having people went to connect with us and comment and share, like, and and really put forward what we're doing. And keep your podcast up because you're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. One, uh, I had one person tell me when we were doing Arizona Stand United that uh, that it's she that I'm giving myself therapy. Oh, nice. Well, <laughs> she told me that. Uh, let's uh, let's all help Neil and go right now wherever <laughs> you're listening from and give him five stars and help boost him up a little bit. Um, you know what's funny is uh, we started this podcast because we could not get our president on the radio. So our president, uh, whose name was Jenny Jackson at the time, we could not get her on any any podcast. Any Have you heard of like Viva Free and all those people? Yeah. I'm name dropping. They, they they wouldn't let you on. They just didn't respond. We oh. we got we like yeah. There's there's a way to do media. That's you know, a whole nother show. Yeah, and we tried to get with the um, five fifty and yeah. the Patriot and all those people. They just no nothing. We were had people calling. Apparently. You need to equal dollar bills. <laughs> That's I, like, I, I don't, don't know. pay for play. Yeah, it's called pay for play. I don't. I don't pay for play. Yeah, I, we and just. You know, we just never got responses. We're like, we've got a five one c three organization. They're fighting mask mandates. You guys are complaining about the mask mandates. We're fighting lockdowns. Okay, here's your hero lady. She's here. She's, She's here right here. Yeah, let her on. We we did get her on Ernie Hancock. I don't know if you know about him. I don't. He's worry. indie. He's way indie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he runs his out of a bus. You know what's good? That you started your own. Yeah. And it's and it's thriving. It's yeah. moving forward and growing, Thanks. and that's an awesome thing. That's, yeah. That's one great thing about America. That Isn't we have it? that option to do that. Yep. I got no. I got no. I've got. I've got no radio station to go to. Well, you know what? I am an auto guy. I guess I'm gonna go ahead and make a podcast. Why not? Perfect. I love it. But gosh, thanks so much, Barbie and Ken, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Ken's here, too. So. Happy to be here. Glad I could participate. Yeah, you know, you hog the limelight too much there, Ken. <laughs> I'm here for support. I'm Ken. He's a, he's a great cheerleader a and a great caregiver and husband. Brains behind the operation. Yes. <laughs> I hardly think so. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to pollute the conversation. Uh, it, you guys have been great. Thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks, Neil.